Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Now look people, okay, you all know what's going on yeah? You've got busy lives. But let's get something straight. Subscribe. Start listening. Start liking. You know it's the right thing to do. You know, at the end of the day, when you look back on your week, have you done anything to be proud of? If you ask your parents right about now, they're going to say no. No, you haven't. But if you subscribe, if you like, if you start listening, if you click on the link and start enjoying and start contributing to From Dial Square to Where, they may think a little better of you. Because right about now, guys, okay, you're not, not in their good books. Like it, subscribe to it, enjoy it. Take care, all. All right, Treacle. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Hope you're all okay. Well, I've got three guests with me today. Uh, first one, Lee Judges. How are you, Lee? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Still buzzing from the weekend, so all good. I can't complain. All fantastic good. Answer, fantastic answer. Yes, exactly. Tanner, how are you, mate? Uh, doing well. Doing well, thanks. Uh, like Lee said, still pretty uh, pretty excited from the weekend and the prospects of what we have going forward. Uh, doing well, thanks. Exactly, mate. Exactly. And Melvin, how are you? I'm still happy, apart from last night. Still happy. You had to mention it, didn't you? God's sake. <laughs> you had to spoil it all. Spoil it. Elephant in the room. Right, well, let's get it out of the way. This is my assessment on yesterday's match. We're weak at the back. We're weak in midfield. We're weak as a squad. We've got no depth. We've got no creativity. We don't score enough goals. We've got rookie manager. We've got shit directors, shit owners. Every player is shit. World's best number 10 has been frozen out for un- unbelievable reasons. The world's ending and everything is shit. There we go. How do you like that assessment for yesterday's game? You still have all the There's no positivity in the world whatsoever. There you go. I was, was going to say, you still had 10 seconds left in your 30 seconds. Oh, man, so. yeah. uh, do you want to cut that for the last five exactly. seconds here or so? No point in being positive whatsoever. Everything is shit. Yeah. So there you go. That's what Twitter's assessment of the match yesterday was. And, you know, <laughs> it was very disappointing. But in my opinion, it wasn't the end of the world. Life goes on. We've got a cup final to look forward to. And Tottenham are still shit. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, the main reason for the day, today's show is we talk about the, you know, directors, the owners, the, the, the board and everything, because that pathetic airplane that flew over yesterday, what a what a joke and embarrassment of the club. You know, it's just um, absolutely ridiculous. We can go into that a bit more detail. Um, but really, 
like, like I was sort of joking about there, about yesterday's game, really, we know what our weaknesses are. We haven't got to go through it after every single setback. We know nothing's changed. We've got weak, some weak players and we need to strengthen in the summer if we can at all possible. And um, the same names are going around uh, on Twitter all the time and in the papers, on the media, about the players we've been linked to. We all know who they are. And I've just... Um, I spent a bit of time over the last few weeks. In fact, this this show was supposed to be done probably about four or five weeks ago, but for one reason or another, um, it hasn't really happened. And uh, I've been consulting with Adrian Clark on on it as well. He's actually put a lot of uh, input into it, and I'd like to thank him for that as well. Um, but yeah, I've got some different options for you know strengthening the squad. Um, and it, they've sort of all been targeted on specific um, strengths, really, that we need. More than anything, I think, is uh, the mentality. We need the right mentality in this squad. We've got too many weak players men mentally. And um, I think the best thing that Arteta's done since he's come into the club, in my opinion, is not all about the, the, the way he set the team up on the pitch. I think it's the way that he's changed a lot of these players mental strength and um, their confidence and it's been showing over the last few games um, apart from the old setback like yesterday obviously now um, I'll go to you firstly what I mean just what were your thoughts because I didn't actually see it I don't know how or why but I didn't actually see in fact I had all the sound turned down on the, on the TV I didn't see this plane did you see it when during the match yesterday nah I didn't. It's just somebody said about it, and then obviously, like I see it on the on social media and everything like that. You know, look, I don't, I don't agree with um, the plane going over the banner, but the actual um, banner itself and what it was saying, I quite agree with. You know what I mean? I, I'll be honest. I think you know, if we have got to back this manager, I think it's important. I, I, I've, you know, this, this, you know, talk about the disappointments of yesterday and all that. I, I, I. I I wasn't disappointed because it was expected. You know, it was a fantastic performance um, against Manchester City. Also, be it before that, the game against Liverpool and, and the game against Spurs before that. So, we had three really intensive, real tough, tough games, which mentally and physically probably took it out of the boys, to be honest. Um, mm. and, and, and I don't know about anybody else and any other fan, but... I was so high about Saturday's game and the performance and all that. Like, you know what I mean? I just, uh, yesterday's game was just whatever happened that weren't going to, weren't going to dampen my mood, you know? Yeah. But what it did, what it did do was it just highlighted that what, what things need to be done, that there are certain things in this team that need to be strengthened. And if the ball are not prepared to do that, well, I'm afraid we're going to have performances like this over and over again. And that's, that's my worry. But, I think Arsenal just need to... If, for me, three players, and I'm not saying that these players, but three players of this ilk, you know, Upper Makana, Party, and Jack Grealish would turn us into a real top four side. And, uh, and I'll tell you why on, on Jack Grealish. I watched him yesterday. He goes past players. We have, you know, if you watched that game yesterday, we, we haven't got anybody that can go past players in that final third. And I mean, not from from out wide, I'm talking about down the middle, so that they can put all their banks of four and five across there. And they and basically Villa said to us, right, pass your way through us. And we couldn't. So we need somebody that's going to be able to um, go past players. He does that. 
And then he's got the ability to pass play, pass through. And I watched it four times yesterday, him pass Arsenal players, then look for the one-two. And three times the ball went out mm. because they've not got the quality Villa of, of an Arsenal. So imagine if he was doing that and he had players like Danny Ceballos, like uh, Lacazette, linking up play and all that. I just think it'd be an absolutely sensational signing for us. I really do. And I think yeah. it'd give us something different. If if not him, Coutinho or someone of that ilk. And then we need to, what I think is, and I, I do believe with Arteta that he's playing with an extra defender. That's why we struggled yesterday, because we're playing with the extra defender. He would, If he has a 4-4, say a 4-3-3, he can play two players in that midfield, like Danny Ceballos and someone like Jack Grealish of that ilk. But he needs to have someone big and strong. And that would be Shaka if he if he stays at the club. But someone like Partey as well. So you've got all of that. So you've got that strength. And then obviously, like, you're going to have to get in defenders that he can rely on because we don't want to be playing with an extra defender. Especially against, you know, against Liverpool and, and uh, Man City. Fine. You know, change your system when you're going to uh, soak up a lot of play. But when you're playing the likes of Villa, teams that are going to put players behind the ball, you don't need that an extra defender. So I think that's where they're going to need to do it. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, if if it means letting Torreira go, let Guendouzi go to bring in the players of, of of this that I've just mentioned, then so be it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've all, I've had my concerns, which I've been, I've raised a few times about Torreira, to be perfectly honest. And, um, you know, the, the idea's all right behind Torreira. By the way, Glenn, you gave me a heads up that I was really low. This is Glenn in the... Uh, in the chat box there, so that was really low. So just give me a thumbs up if I sound better now. But yeah, I, I, I've been worried about it being too lightweight. I've also been worried about his mentality as well. Not so much as like his, you know, his, his mental strength and determination or anything, but just his overall mentality. He just seems a bit too. Uh, I don't know. Like um, he, I, he's cried a few times on the pitch, and I just don't like seeing that from like one of my Arsenal players. You know what I mean? It just seems a bit. He's a bit soft. He just—you need to be as hard as nails in the Premier League, and he just doesn't seem to be like that for me. Um, just gets brushed off the ball too easily. Um, so yeah, I've always had a few doubts about Torreira anyway. So I wouldn't mind. He showed yesterday. I don't think I don't think he's quite you know just good enough for us. But yeah, taking you know a lot of your points on board, Lee. But one thing I was thinking with regards to that banner that was flown out. It, it, I don't really quite agree with it myself. Um, a, it was con contradicting itself. What's he trying to do? He says, back Arteta and then Cronky Kron out. I mean, what's he want to expect Cronky to do? Give us 300 million and then say, all right, then cheers. That's your like, leaving present. Bye. But we have spent a lot of money, but the thing is, we spend it really badly. I think our, mm. it's not so much the Cronkies at the moment. It's the the board that need to be completely held to account for what they've done and who they've bought and who they're going to be buying. Um, for me, I think that the, all the pressure needs to go on to Raul and Vinay and, um, and Edu, um, personally. I don't think it's the Cronkies at all at the moment. That They've been guilty of negligence, in my opinion, because they've just not had an ear to the ground. They haven't held anyone to account of all these crap decisions they've been making over the years. Um, so it's not as if we haven't spent any money. We've spent an awful lot of money, but a lot of it has been on toilet unfortunately. So, I mean, have you got anything to add on that, Melvin, yourself? I mean, yeah, I, I was really disappointed about that yesterday. Well, we need to, first of all, when you're talking about we spent money badly, it's not just that, is we buy toilet and then we can't get rid of toilet because we give well, them exactly. too many contracts are too good for them. 
That's number one. We can't sell some of the deadwood because that's it. The, 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 who's going to give X amount, 100 grand a week? That's number one. You're talking about the plane. Yeah, it did contradict itself, the message. It's not very good. It's not going to make any difference to the the, um, the governors, the, the guy who owns it, or anyone else in, in the arsenal. It's just going to really make us look bad. When you go on about Torreira, when he first joined, I saved 18 months ago, he was one of the first people I thought about going on the team sheet. Nowadays, I don't think about him. When he's not playing, I forget we've even got him, to be honest with you. Mm. And um, what you said about Grealish was rightly, but the, what I would add to that is that not only can he go past players, he gets ahead of the forwards sometimes. And we haven't got anyone, none of our midfield goes through past the forwards. Yeah. And that makes a very big difference. All of a sudden, however, if we do cross the ball and it gets in the middle, you've got Lacazette, for example, by himself with two centre-halves. We need someone to support him when that ball gets up to that uh, part of the pitch. That's, that's what I would like to that. Yeah, well, I'd say I've got a few uh, guys that have been keeping my eyes on here that um, yeah, I can sort of go through during this show. Um, what about you, Tanner? Have you got anything to add on, on that before we sort of move on to the, the actual squad? Well, the, the, the banner thing, and, and I, yeah, again, I agree with Melvin, and it, it was a bit contradictory. And like you said, Andrew, it's, you know, back Arteta, here's your, here's your 250 million. And now we're going to, we're going to piss off down the road now, you know, thanks. Um, but uh, I actually got tagged on, on Twitter. Lee, I don't think you were, I went back and, and looked at, it. I don't think they tagged you in it, but yeah, uh, no. uh, he, he tagged me on it and a few other folks and basically, you know, proud to have, you know, contributed to this and, and organized it. And it, it, why then, why now, you know, why, if, if you, if, if the banner just said back Arteta, take the cronky yeah. out part, if it had just said back Arteta, yeah, yeah. bang on. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, I don't, this is a thing that, that happens on, on your guys' side of the side of the river. Um, it, it just you don't see things like that over here, but um, I the the banner thing, poor timing, wrong message. Don't know why I got tagged in it, and I try to distance myself from it as far as I possibly could by just saying I'm flat out embarrassed by this. Um, but uh, I, in fact, I'm, I'm watching the game and I could hear the buzzing. I could hear at the very beginning of the game a a buzzing noise. I'm like. You know, somebody flying a plane over the stadium, are they just circling the stadium for some reason? And then I and then I get tagged in the tweet. I'm like, you gotta you gotta be kidding me with this. You know, or, or is this really where we're at? Um, so the banner thing, like I say, the timing and the message I didn't agree with. I think they could have I, I think they could have done it differently. Um, but uh as as far as Terrera goes, I, I gotta tell you, I was a massive, massive fan of that signing when it happened. And Melvin, I thought you're spot on with the – he's almost an afterthought now. And he's becoming another Arsenal player, another player in this squad where I almost say less is more with him now. If he's coming on as a sub to see a game out defensively, I like it. But yesterday getting getting the start and, – and I and I was I was hopeful. I, I thought, okay, let's – you know, he's he's been in a position to get himself forward this year, but it just didn't work. And – um you know, I really thought at the beginning that he could have been our N'Golo Conte. It was kind of our second chance at, at getting N'Golo Conte, if you will, and obviously not the player himself. But And now it's, it's just, yeah, I, Lee, you're absolutely yeah. right, man. I, move him on. If, if, if the right offer comes in, I, I say you got to move him on. Yeah, definitely. You had your hand up there, Melvin. 
Yeah, just to say, I mean, it's in the nicest possible way, and it, it, Conte is a freak to have someone so small in our yeah. division mm. manage to tackle people, to hit people, and bounce off people. Mm. I mean, I mean, most respectfully, he's a freak. He's fantastic. You know, I wish we had him, obviously. Where Torreira is slight like him, but hasn't got the same, I don't know, a bit, a bit of magic about him that can actually, he can't bounce off people, Torreira. He actually bounces to the floor. Yeah. Um, you're a bit soft again, Andrew. Sorry, you're a bit soft. I said he bounces off them, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And but the th good thing about Kante is he can levitate like a plank just over the grass with his arms out as well. It's incredible, isn't he? Well, like when Martinelli was running past him, he was just like levitating on the floor. <laughs> so you get that. You that was remember, fine. Remember that photo, don't you? It's an amazing photo. But yeah, I, I totally agree. And. I, He's easy to forget sometimes that Torreira is, is, is in your squad. But I'm going to discuss um, these, some, you know, some of these players that have been linked to. I mean, we all know about Thomas Partey and, and his strengths and uh, what a great signing he would be. But I thought it would be just interesting because I, it, this is going back to the anniversary of the uh, 89, Anfield 89. And it, that's how many weeks ago I was going to do this this uh, show. Um, and it sort of brought to me about the similarities between our current situation and when George Graham took over at Arsenal and how he set about you know, transforming the team within four years of winning the league within four years. And um, the way he did it. And youngsters coming through. We've got so many good youngsters coming through now, which is really exciting. Um and sort of implemented those with signings from teams we wouldn't think that we'd buy players from nowadays. You know, like we've got Steve Bold, Lee Dixon from Stoke. We've got Nigel Winterburn from Wimbledon, for example. We've got Perry Groves from Colchester. And obviously it got me thinking about, you know, what players are out there in the lower leagues. And, um, you know, I've come up with a, with a few which... And I, I'm, you know, it's taken me quite a while, while actually looking at them, but reading up about these guys, scout reports and actually watching videos, and they all look absolutely spot on. This first one I'll go on to. Um, now, do you guys, and it's, it seems like years and years ago, but we had Leeds in the Cup recently. Um, it was under Arteta, and, you know, we were we did incredibly well to um, win that game, you know, second half. Yeah. It was early days, wasn't it? And... Um, this guy caught my eye then, and I've had a chat to Adrian Clark about him, and it's Calvin Phillips. Um, now, I don't know if you remember the guy, but he's, tw he's 24, and he's nicknamed by the, all the Leeds fans as Yorkshire Perlow because of his incredible passing ability. <laughs> but he absolutely ran our midfield. Do you, I, I don't know if you remember this game at all, but we were absolutely First half, definitely. First half. Oh, they were amazing leads. One of the best sides I've seen there, first half. Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And I'm looking forward to seeing them in the Premier League next season, but I'm not actually looking forward to playing them because, you know, if it's anything like it was that game, we're going for a big fight. But that kid was incredible that day. He's 24. Uh, Adrian Clark does, you know, he's a, quite an expert on the, the EFL as well. He does a few podcasts about it. He says he's the best player in the championship by far. Uh, he's easily, you know, far too good for the championship. He's, he said that. Um, for Leeds, he, he sits in front of the back four. Mostly they've been playing in a 4-1, 4-1 formation. And he plays, you know, in that role there, in that half space between 
to the midfield and defence. Um, but he can't. He has. They have been playing a four-three-three as well, which is what Arte, obviously Arteta wants to do. But he initiates attacks. He connects the defence and the midfield, and the midfield and attack because he, he moves off with into midfield as well. He allows the fullbacks to attack. Uh, he's a brilliant passer, and this is why they call him the Yorkshire Perlo. Long and short passes. In fact, in the game against Arsenal, he did six long balls from the back and with 100% accuracy to create attacks as well, which is uh, something we would definitely benefit from. But he's a, a brilliant passer, long and short. Takes set pieces. Against Arsenal again, he won 15 out of the, the 19 tackles he went into. Uh, it doesn't say a lot against our midfield, obviously, but still, <laughs> still good. Um, on the transfer market website, it says that his value is five million, which is ridiculous. And I think you take that with a pinch of salt. But I reckon, yeah, if, if his value is at five million on there, you'd be looking at around the 30, 30 million quid mark. But for a player that's been used to playing in the Bielsa team, who did incredibly so well against us, um, and he, he his average rating for the whole season is seven point eight out of ten as well. I mean that is that is incredible uh, ratings. That sort of guy is the sort of one we, we should be looking at, really, when you consider that he'd be not quite half the price of a of a party as well. It's an option. It's an option. No, it's not. How come, Dino? This is why I wanted to discuss this. Why do you think it's it would be an option? Because they're not going down, Leeds. They're coming up. I know, he's, yeah, working absolutely. With, absolutely. he's working with a very good coach that believes in him, and he probably believes in the coach. Of course. They're not a small club, in my opinion, Leeds. I don't think they're in the position they were five, ten years ago where they've got to make wholesale sales to other clubs at the wrong price. If this guy is worth 30 million, then they've got to keep him to stay in the Premiership. Because mm. if they sell someone like him and they go down, it costs them more than 30 mil. I don't think, I'd love to get, if he's that good, I'd love to get a player back for the Arsenal, but I don't think it's a realistic well, person to get. Is, I don't think we can get This him. is exactly... The whole, the whole thing. Whether we could get him or not, that is why we brought in Don Raul. He's supposed to be the guy that can do that for us. He's the one that says, we've got a different knock. So, <laughs> this is why he needs to be judged this summer. Um, and whether we can get him or not, don't know. Don't know. But, he's the sort of person we should be potentially trying to get. Same thing goes for Grealish. You know, would we get, even get a chance of getting Grealish now? Because it looks like they're not going down anymore anyway. It looks like we're going to relegate uh, Watford in their small cojones on the weekend, which are, would be really nice. Um, but <laughs> would we get him? You know, and even if they went down, he's going to be the same. You know, when uh, we went after Wilf Saha and we were quoted 80 million because that's how valuable he is to Palace in case they get relegated. That's the same for Villa. Villa with Grealish, isn't it? You know, he'd be worth that much money to them. That's what they would say. He, they're a one-man team. <clears throat> I happen to see a oh, lot of... Oh, sorry, Lee, go ahead. No, 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 just go on. You go first. Go on, you go. I, I was just going to say, I, I just I happened to see on Twitter last night a lot of Villa fans uh, commenting on Arsenal fans' posts about Jack Grealish, and a lot of them were saying he has to move on in this transfer window um, just for the, you know, for the sake of, of, his, of his own career. He needs to move on to, to bigger and better pastures. I personally don't think we'll get Grealish. I think he'll just be too bloody expensive. And, and 
think we all know that there's a, a massive premium put on English players, you know, in, in the English leagues. So I would, I would absolutely love to see him. I, I mean, I, I'll start a GoFundMe right now if I could get every Arsenal fan on Twitter to donate 20 pounds. I'll start the GoFundMe right now so that we could buy him. But I just that's that's one that I unfortunately don't see happening. But a lot of a lot of Villa fans, I think, at least from what I saw last night, they seem to be resigned to losing him and almost seem to for for his sake, almost seem to want to see him move on to something bigger and, and compete for compete for trophies. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it, like I said, <clears throat> Whether we could actually get these uh, guys, um, what when I'm saying, when I'm talking about um, being realistic with these players, they are players that are much, much more within our uh, supposed price range. Now, I, I don't, I hate talking about the money. It's not our, it's not our problem. The, the money is the the club's problem and the owner's problem more than anything because it's his business at the end of the day. I don't like calling it a business, but it's his business. He owns it. So if he's got to put his hands in his pocket, he's going to have to put his hands in his pocket sometimes, isn't he? Um, but with regards to that, these are players that will, will be far cheaper than the ones where everyone goes on about um, all over Twitter all the time. Now, do you, I mean, do you remember this guy, um, Lee? Who's that? This Calvin Phillips from Leeds. Yeah, I like Calvin Phillips. I, I agree with, with Melvin. Sorry that... Um... That 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 boat sell because now they're in the Premier League. That ain't going to happen. If the if Leeds would have fouled, then definitely it would have been one one foot for it. All that Leeds are not going to sell him coming up. He's their main man, and you know what I would say a little bit similar to the Greg, Jack Greenish one. Maybe a year down the line, if things are not going well, then they may decide to sell or if there's, they've established themselves. The one with Jack Greenish, I think, um, is a is a definite one that can work because. I think with Jack Grealish, he, he has been very, very loyal to Aston Villa. He went uh, and stayed with them when they was relegated, stayed for the season, got them up. And I think there's a, a gentleman's agreement that um, that he can go. He, he basically said on, on TV yesterday that, you know, that he won't be there next season. And there will be a few clubs in for him, you know. And, and I, I honestly think that Arsenal will be one of them. And I'll tell you why. When we played... Um, Aston Villa at the beginning of the season and we lost, they lost, should I say, 3-2 to us with 10 men. He must have been like, you know, it was a shocking result for for them and a great one for us, but he must have been a little bit down for that. But the next day he came out and tweeted, um, disappointed with the result, but play, uh, it was a pleasure to play at my, my favourite stadium. Now, after you've just been beaten by a team with 10 men, why would you come out and say something like that? You know, it's very, very strange that he would come out and say that his favourite stadium is the Emirates just after you've been beaten by by the team. So I, I, I do think there is a chance, you know, and people will say, yeah, he is over, um, going to be overpriced. I, I honestly think that um, he won't be because I think that, you know, his agents and whatever would have said, look, come on, I've done the, I've done the job for you in the championship for a year. I've got you into the, to the Premier League. I've done my bit and and sustained it and got you uh, Premier League status for another year. And also, you know, a bit of money maybe to fund in different areas that, that Villa need. So, and I I think it's going to cost about 50 million, I'll, I'll be honest. But for me, it's worth it. You know, I, I go back to two, three seasons ago when Mane went to Southampton, from Southampton to Liverpool. Everybody was saying, oh my God, Mane, what, you know, paying over the price at 32 million. 
it's a snip now. And Arsenal have got to feel like that. You know what I mean? They've got to go in there and say, do you know what? Let's take let's take the punt. Now, when Arsenal say they haven't got money, well, then if you sell Guendouzi and you sell, um, I, I don't know, so, you know, like uh, Torreira, and maybe you have to sacrifice one of your young guns. You know, you can actually say, right, um, there's the funding for that. But you could also actually say, do you know what, yeah, look, we'll, we'll give you, um, we'll have Jack Grealish, and you may be able to have uh, Reese Nelson for, for a year on loan. Or someone like Maitland-Niles for a year on loan or something like that to soften the blow. You know, make it happen. It's, why, why are Arsenal fans going, oh, that's not well, going to happen. This is, this is we can't do this. Make it happen. This is why we brought the guys. Well, this is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? These, it, these, these know, guys have got to step up on the plate. Absolutely. We are crying out for somebody like Jack Grealish. Now, you can say Jack Grealish or you can say Casino, you know what I mean? Or somebody of that ilk that can do what they're doing. Personally, I would... If you've got the choice between Coutinho and Jack Grealish, yeah, Jack Grealish is going to be dearer. But for the long term, you know what I mean? It's an investment. You know what I mean? In two or three years' time, if he can, carries on playing as what he is, you could sell him to to, to another club for, for millions and millions of pounds. But hopefully, because he's English and that, he wouldn't want to go anywhere else. So you've got a player that's going to play for five, six, seven, eight years at Arsenal. And when you look at that, if you find 50, 60 million pounds for a player that's going to get you, I think, in the Champions League for the next five, six, seven seasons, it's it's fifty, sixty million pound well spent. I don't see why people don't see this. And if we have to and make it happen, and, and I, this is what annoys me about Arsenal. You know what I mean? They certainly made it happen with Pepe. You know what I mean? Who I think will will turn into a good player. So we need to do that. We made, made a magnificent point earlier on. You know, we haven't got no one arriving in that box because the board felt it was the right thing to do was to let Aaron Ramsey go for nothing. So if they can afford to say to themselves, I'll tell you what, we'll let our goal-scoring midfielder go for nothing, you know, then make it happen somewhere else on the line. You know, when when Josh Gronke, and I don't want to go like the ins and outs about that, but he turns around and he says, I want to be, you know, be excited. Well, I can tell you that now, Jack, Jack Grealish will excite us. Now, look at the difference between what Manchester United are now with Fernandes in their side to what to what they were before. <laughs> Same sort of position. They were struggling to score goals, trying to make, make things happen. And he come into the side and they've transformed into a team now that's got to top four. 50, 60 million pound over the top may be at the time for him, but not now because it's well spent. They've got what they've wanted to do. And if we don't start getting like that, if the fans don't start getting like it and are accepting it, then the board are going to accept it. We've got to push this ball to make signings, you know what I mean? And Jack Grealish is the one that I will go for. I don't want to see him going to Manchester United or Manchester City, particularly Manchester sitting on the bench. You know, people will turn around and say, oh, well, he won't get, you know, he won't want to come to Arsenal. Yes, he will, because I tell you, the one thing that you get guaranteed at Arsenal is if he comes to Arsenal, he's going to start week in, week out. He's not going to get that at Man United and he's certainly not going to get that at Manchester City. So there is a possibility that, that, that it could be done. And I'll be very, very disappointed if Arsenal are not in for these sort of players, you know, and they've got to make three or four big, big signings. Now, going back to 83, when I think Arsenal were as in the depressive sort of side that they are now, you know, we was crying out for something. And, and at the end of the day, Charlie Nicholas become available. Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United were all going for him. And whether you think that he was a success or not, Arsenal got him. It proved us to be a big, big 
uh, fish still in in the pond. And that's what Arsenal have got to do. They went out and you know and got him. A few years later, they won the League Cup. A few years later, they go on and win the title. You've got to start somewhere, and you've got to say, right, we are we are going to compete with the likes of, of of Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, and all that. Like, not just turn around and go, oh no, all right, Chelsea have come in for him. Oh, that means we can't we can't get in for him, like you know. And until they change that mentality, boys. We're not going to be anything. And, you know, it's so important that we, we get out there and get a stellar marquee signing what we need. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And this is why we, when we get to the summer and if these things don't actually happen, and can someone tell me in uh, whether my volume is still really low, if you don't mind? In the, uh, you're, uh, that's fantastic. You're much, you're much better. Right. I'm having yeah. a couple of people in the uh, chat box say my volume is next to nothing. But I totally it agree. Like, it, the world, it looks like you're going to start seeing it. Right, yeah, I was, was going to say, if, if we get to the summer and we're not in for these uh, types of players like, like Grealish, uh, Lee, we need to put our anger towards Raul because that is his exactly. job. And it, it's, people are wasting their time going on about going after the Cronkies. You know, it's a waste of time. Like I said, the, they are more guilty than anything else of neglect because of not keeping their eyes on the, the money and the people that are spending our money and, or and not. You know, it, it's, imp- it's ridiculous. Sorry, Angel. What's important about it is, you know, when people say that they're not available, like, you know, sometimes players are not available, but we know that Jack Grealish isn't going to be made available. There's no two ways about that. So it's no good going in there and going, well, we'll give you 20, 20 million or 18 million a pound. You know what I mean? You've got to be serious what you're doing. You've got to go in there and say, right, what what do you want? What is it actually? And realistically then, right, they're saying 50 million, right? Well, we can't afford. Well, go and make, make sure that you can afford that. I'm not just saying with Grudish, with whoever. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to, got to make these, well, we've got to get these exactly. players in. Well, this is the thing about, about Chelsea, and this is why I'm, I'm jealous of the way Chelsea do business. Like, they've got to they, they target someone who's got, like, maybe a, a release clause, and they don't piss about trying to say, oh, can we knock it, knock it off and get it cheaper if we give you a bag of peanuts? They'll go and pay the release clause fee. And they've got it done before the before the window's even open. Exactly. exactly so, yeah. I mean, why, I mean these, these guys, um, I've got some written down here. These are the guys, this is the whole point of the exercise, really, is that what I am so anxious about, more than anything, is... The, all these rumours that keep going around and around about um, Raul being in bed with these super agents. You know, in, in a in a time when we've got very little money, why would you go and give millions and millions of pounds to a super agent? I mean, that is, is negligence in itself. You know, and if he's going to be relying on someone like this Kia Jurabchin guy, I won't ask you to say that name, Lee. I know you will struggle with things like that. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but if he's going to well, start, well. yeah, if he's going to be starting to rely on these these sort of people and just using his little black contact book, then that is that for me is is absolutely infuriating. When you actually, it gives you like a small, tiny portion of the massive fishing lake. You know, so if we're not looking in the rest of that lake, then that is going to piss me off. Because like I've just, you know, like I said, I've found within this this country. And none of these people are actually based abroad. 
I've done it specifically just to say on your doorstep there are some excellent people out there excellent players with the right attitude that we could go and get quite easily and every single one of these players would improve our squad significantly right from day one and there won't be any kind of language problems there won't be any kind of settling in problems because they're all from this country already you know and if I can do this why can't the club you know, and I'm not being funny when I say that. Well, I'm not I, trying to blow my I, own I'm trumpet. Not it's, yeah, like, I get it. it's ridiculous. I get it. You know, like this, the other guy who is in the defensive midfield position. I'm not going to go on about too much because I did the separate show about him when I interviewed the got the guy that wrote the article to, that said we were interested in this kid, and that's that Tayon Coop Miners. I won't ask you to say that name either, Lee. Thank you, but, Andrew. But <laughs> he's the he's the 22 year old captain of AZ Alkmaar, just briefly. And as I said, if you just watch the other show if you want to find out any more about him. But he's a really dominant player, can fill in at centre-back as well, but he's predominantly a central defensive midfielder. And he is the type of character, very similar to that young defender, um, Delict, who also came from Holland, uh, from Ajax. He is a captain at a very young age, but he's a very, very mature guy. 23 appearances this season. He also got 11 goals. Now, I know he's come from Eredivisie in uh, Holland, but this is the type of character that we need. We need a, a character like this who will actually run through a brick wall for Arteta and fit into the, the type of role that he needs to have filled. You know, and this guy, is, he's, he's well over six foot. He's about six foot three, I think. So when you compare someone like that with that kind of uh, leadership quality at that age and compare that to Torreira, you know, that's that's the problem. So he's another one. But as I said, I've already done the um, another uh, video about him. But just briefly as well, we obviously all know about that Upper Meccano, and he looks like a real beast. Love to get him on board. He looks like a new Sol Campbell to me. But in the another player that was playing for Leeds last season on loan was a Brighton player called Ben White. I don't know if you guys ever have heard of him. Yeah, I've watched him because I've what been watching player. the Leeds supporter. Whenever Leeds are on, I watch Leeds, and he's a terrific player. Really and what a player he is! Twenty-two, he's really tall, and they call him his nickname is the White Wall because no, nothing gets past the guy. But he's calm, assured. He's a ball player. He dominates his space. Brilliant positioning. Can play in a four or a three. He's right-footed, um, so he plays on the right of a back three, or he can play in a back four, no problem at all. And he's filled in at right-back on occasions as well. Uh, but interceptions, uh, uh, tackling is incredible. Passing is, is, is fantastic. His passing percentages. And, con and what it says as well, when I was look, reading through some of the scouting reports, his concentration is exceptional. And I think you have to be when you're playing from Bielsa again. But he's a Brighton player. And... I think he's going to be in Brighton's plans this, this coming season. But transfer market, again, put his expected market value down at the moment is around 5 million quid, which I, what, I don't know what the hell they're doing on that website. But again, if you're probably looking at around sort of the, I don't know, if, if his market value's down at five, maybe 30. But when you're looking at a 22-year-old English defender who looks like potentially could be like another, uh, the new sort of Rio Ferdinand type of, of defender, what, we should be looking at that, that bloke. 
And 30 million is still half the price again of Upper Meccano. So there's always options. And what I'm trying to point out is if we're not looking at these types of players as well that are on our doorstep, which could easily make our defence 10 times better overnight, then we need to, don't need to be asking questions of Raul. Why aren't you looking at these types of players? Why, why are you just using this guy who's sitting in your director's box, who's not even a registered agent, he's just an advisor. That's an actually, he's not an agent, he's just an advisor. And we're paying him eight, eight million quid for David Luiz. And all he's doing is sitting next to Raul's. So we can't afford to do that. I mean, I, I, we shouldn't be thinking of the money as, as it's ours. It's not our job to go and do that. But when you actually got no money, in, a, in we've got no crowd going through the turnstiles, we can't afford eight million, eight so, million quid to pay to someone for doing nothing. If, if, I, just, if I can jump in real quick yeah. here, um, I, I think the way that the, that the system really should be working, and I've I've been screaming this since since I first heard this rumor of, and I think it's it's done as a rumor now. I think it's pretty much confirmed. The way that Senlehi is doing business, it, it has to start with Arteta, and he says, "Okay, I need to improve in this area, in this area, and in this area, and these are the traits of the players." that I'm looking for. And then from there, and we fired what, 13, 15 scouts or something like that. We, we have virtually no scouting department now, um, which I, I don't understand that at all. But he then goes to a scouting director who could potentially be Edu and say, this is what we're looking for. So you go then to your scouting network and you say, okay, guys, here's what we're looking for. What do you got? And your scouts report back to you. And they give you scouting reports on players and they make recommendations. And then Arteta sits down with Edu and they compare notes on player A, player B, player C to maybe a player in the academy that Michael Arteta, Mikel Arteta is not necessarily aware of. Maybe we have a player who maybe is not ready for the first team yet, but in, in big games, but could get a shout at some point. And then from there, you then take that to Raul and you say, okay, this is what we've got. So, you know, Arteta, Edu say, I've got three players at this position, three players at this position, three players at this position. We want to investigate what it's going to take to get them. And it, maybe I'm off base here. Maybe, you know, I'm, it, maybe it's just too American a way of, of thinking of this is how things should be done. But this idea that Raul is simply going to go into his black book, go to this Kia, you know, Volkswagen or whatever his last name is <laughs> and say, you know, okay, well, what, who do you have that fits this position? Oh, I, you know, I got this kid up in Iceland who, you know, he's six foot five and he can kick a ball. Yeah. But does he, can he think, you know, does, does he have any sort of football acumen whatsoever? He maybe mm. doesn't, but oh, well, he's in the black book. So, eh, okay, sure. We'll take him. And it, yeah, I, I don't agree with, with the, the way that this system is, is being done at all. I, I the, the quote unquote recruitment of of players just seems absolutely asinine to me, mm. it, I, and that's why I was doing this before. It's like exactly this is this exactly. is the world of football players, and if all we're going to do is go to two or three guys and look at what's what they have, we've gone, we've taken this and we've created this exactly. And you've got everything outside, and I, I mean, I, I just yeah, I I just I don't understand it. Real quick, I want to I want to go back to something. Lee kind of took the wind out of my sails on the Grealish thing with the money. 
And because he, yeah, I think you mentioned uh, Reese Nelson on loan, maybe uh, Maitland Niles on loan. What about um, what about Smith Rowe as as a throw in and say oh. would you would you would you take would you take Smith Rowe in in a in a not necessarily a straight swap? It would be a player plus cash deal. But could we sweeten the pot with Smith Rowe to take that fifty or sixty million price tag, make it ten million less? He's you the know? he's the only one I wouldn't actually loan out. I'd be happy to loan out. No, no, most, I'm not talking most low. of the I'm others. Not, I'm not talking well, loan. I'm talking. I'm talking. Well, hundred percent. Well, yeah. No, he's the one that would. I'd want him to learn from Grealish, if anything. But fair. Yeah, fair. He's the only. I'd be happy to loan or sell mo- most other ones to get someone like Grealish. Apart apart from Smith Rowe, if, Smith if Rowe it's is, up the one, to me. is the one non-negotiable. Fair enough. Yeah, no, honestly, I'm not that excited. Willock would about be that another kid. one that you could let go. Willock would be another. I one. Yeah. would, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd sacrifice Willock, no problem. Well, I say no problem. I do like Willock, but I'd, I'd yeah. much, I'd be happy to do that for someone like Grealish, no problem. Definitely not Smith Rowe, though. I, I really, really want to see. But that sometimes you've got to make tough decisions, and like Willock's yeah. a very, very good player. But if you could exactly, get, yeah. if you could get Willock. Uh, if they, you know, if they say, "Look, give us Willock," but will you get Grealish? Then, I, I, as much as I like Joe Willock, I, I think there's something that you'd have to do. That's what these, and this is this is what they're paid big bucks to make those decisions. Mm, and they've got definitely. to make. And, and, and what, Melvin, if I can just real quick, just real quick, I'll keep it quick. It, it's just one thing with with a lot of folks in this fan base is, and it's like this for any fan base of any team. But we want to get rid of all of our bad players. For all of someone's good players, it doesn't work that way. And Lee, you're, you're, no. you're, you have to make – you've got to sacrifice at some point. You're going to have to give up something you don't want to give up to improve. And and that maybe three weeks ago was Matteo Guendouzi. A lot of people didn't want to give up on him. If, if you have to sacrifice Matteo Guendouzi at this point to bring in a player that you think is going to help you right now, that's a sacrifice you have to make. Sorry, Melvin, go ahead. No, when you're talking about Willock – I would definitely let him go on loan or let him go fully because I think Willock's played a lot of games for us now. If you put him on loan, what's he going to learn? He's got his skill base. That's it. He's not going to learn anymore. With the other kids that have got the skill but haven't got the experience of playing tough leagues or Premier League games, stuff like that, like Smith, you're talking about Smith Rowe. I think he's got potential. I think he can improve his ability and, and learn things to make him a better player. I don't think, and I'm sorry if you think I'm wrong, I probably will be, but I think we might have seen the best of Willock because he's got to some level and he hasn't kicked on again. So you can't say, well, if he gets a bit bigger here, it'd be, it'd be fine now, or if he gets a bit faster, it'd be fine. No, he's, that's it now. I think he's the finished article because I think when it comes to decision-making, that ain't going to change if you go on loan. For me, he'd be the first one I would probably... Sacrifice is the wrong word, but let go to get someone like Grealish. Uh, I agree. The only, well, the only thing I part of the part that I disagree with is that he, he's plenty of time to learn, Melvin. He's, what you need to do was when you're playing matches week after week, if you get regular football, if you went to the championship, you learn your in-game intelligence on the pitch, and that you can't get that by doing playing, you know, without playing football games, football matches. You ain't playing enough. He's coming on for yeah, 20 well, minutes here and there. But he, yeah. he can improve as a footballer, but that's the only thing I disagree with about what you said. He's still only I 20. Think, yes, I think he's played a lot of games for us. So you add up the minutes. He's, I know he's come on the last 20 minutes in a few games. He started and he's, and he's played a lot of games. And I haven't seen that improvement from his first game, I'm afraid. 
this is his first breakthrough season, though. I mean, I don't want to go on and on and on about Willock, but this is his first breakthrough season. I think it's still quite early days for him. And what a, what a season to actually have as your first. I mean, it's it's been fucked. Let's face it. But yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And you know, obviously, the worldwide pandemic it's not exactly helped with three month gap. But yeah. He has played a lot of minutes. He has played a lot of games, but it has been very disjointed. That's all I'll say. Um, but I wouldn't quite write off Willock yet, but I'm, he is one of the players I'd be, you know, happy to sort of uh, sacrifice to get the team better. Anyway, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's another... I'm not going to go on about him too much, but there's another um, defender that is at Brentford as well, who are doing fantastically well. And that's called, he's called Ethan Pinnock. He's 26. He's really tall. Again, exactly the same sort of type of um, strengths as Ben White. And this is another guy that um, Adrian Clark uh, really likes the look of. Really tall, dominant, commanding, extremely good at passing, playing a three or a back, uh, back three or back four, aerially extremely strong. Um, yeah, he's 20, 26. And he reckons he'd be available for around sort of the 10 to 15 million pound mark. Again, I'm not saying, you know, we have to, definitely have to go, but these are the sorts of players that we really should be looking at because they don't have to go, they don't have to go uh, abroad to, to find these good players. Sometimes they are very much sort of underneath your, you know, your, your nose without you having to look too far. But a few, a few guys that I was looking at as well, Again, with um, with Adrian Clark's help, was in the Grealish role. If it's you know an alternative, if we could get Grealish, which I totally agree with you, Lee, we we should be going after him. But some alternatives, and and, and again, just from the uh, scout bit of scouting, Saeed Ben Rama, uh, he's being well known. Again, Brentford player, he looks exceptional. Twenty four years old, uh, he can play anywhere in the front sort of midfield three left. Mid, uh, central or uh, right um, he looks really good I mean 38 appearances in the championship this year he's got 17 goals and 8 assists and 4 he, he, four goals from outside the box I mean how many times are we, are we crying out for someone to shoot from out, you know from distance sometimes who's accurate his, his statistics are incredible and he, he you know he cuts inside he dribbles uh, like I said, he shoots from distance. He's another one with an average rating for the season. Bearing in mind, he's, he's in a creative attacking player. Seven and a half average rating for the season. I mean, that, that's that's exceptional. And um, they've got his uh, value down on that website as nine and a half million. So again, you'd probably be realistically looking 25, 30, maybe 35 million for that. But sort of player, another one, we should be definitely going for. One of the best players in that position in the championship this year. <clears throat> Go on, Melbourne. Uh, you know, you're quoting all these prices from this website. Yeah, transfer it, marked. Yeah, is it for the player or for the, for the agents? Yeah, <laughs> very good point. <laughs> very good point. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't know where the hell they get these prices from because it's not realistic at all. So, I mean, you, you need to probably at least treble these prices minimum, you know. But, again, he'd be definitely within, I don't know, 35 maybe. Potentially, but the type of play, exactly what we want, you know, dribbling, taking the ball, actually key passes and through balls. Um, these are sort of the notes of watching him 
you know, really good and cutting inside. He's a left footer as well, but he, he can play on the left centrally or right. He's, he's done all three for Brentford this season. And Brentford have been a fantastic player, a fantastic team, sorry, this year. Well, um, I think when we, when we get players from medical, what we ought to do, which we haven't never done, I don't think any club's done it, but we've got to do it more than any other club, is don't worry about their knee, first of all, whether they've got problems with their knees or their ankles. Get them x-rayed and get their heart. Make sure they've got a big heart. Because yeah. a lot of players ain't got a big heart. Once they do yeah. that... Exactly, exactly. Very, very good point. Very brief, briefly, I'm not going to go... Both of these other players are in, in exactly the same mould and in the same position... And the same role as that one, as that Ben Rama. The other one is Mateus Pereira from place of West Brom, twenty-four years old again. Again, play anywhere in the in the midfield three. He's a right footer. This one, um, he'd be available for around a fifteen to twenty million because his his value is around eight on that stupid website. Again, probably maybe up to thirty maximum. He looks exceptional as well. And the last one is a bit of a. He's a bit more of a, a prospect for probably wouldn't be an immediate starter, but an exceptionally exciting player from, from QPR. Um, I'll just call him Eze, E-Z-E. His first name's Eberechi, but he's a, a play for England or Nigeria, but so skillful. He looks like um, another cross between, he's very young, but he looks like a cross between like um, a Wilfred Zaha, and sort of a, a Grealish type, but he's got the skills of Zaha with the dribbling ability. I've never, for his age, one of the best dribblers you're going to see. But he's great at set pieces, as well long shots, holds onto the ball. He's really strong, and from midfield, uh, he's got 13 goals and eight assists in in a really weak QPR team as well. But his statistics look look really good, and he's actually being looked at by the Premier League. And he's almost certainly going to be a Premier League player. This um, yeah. This summer, but a hit that West Ham and QPR are looking at that kid. He's the sort of guy we'll be, we we should be getting for the future, you know, and um, having a look at. But call yeah, there's, old, there's a few there. Sorry, go on, Melvin. Call me old fashioned. I would not want to look to spend thirty-five million on a Championship player. When for Grealish was a Championship player last year, though. But this is the problem. We can't we can't think no, no, like no. that. No, you can't no, no, think no, like that. They, these are too good for the championship, these players. You might be right, but Grealish, when he was a championship player, had played in the premiership and we saw one, what he could Yeah, one do. season. One season. That, that, so he, he, he shouldn't, we sh- I, I disagree with you there, Mo. He shouldn't be a deal breaker at all because this is, what, this is where loads of the talent is. And uh, across Europe, for a lot of these players that we're looking at across Europe, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but those leagues are... are not probably as hard to get out of and not hard as competitive as the championship. The championship is is not a poor league. I think anyone can agree with that. It's the most difficult league in the world to get out of. And it should not be looked at as a second-rate league, in my opinion. And Grealish has spent most of his career in the, champ- in the championship. He spent This is his second season in the, in the uh, Premier League. I don't think that matters. I think we need to get our heads around that. Because the just championship all, is fantastic um, level. I, I'm all for buying players from the championship. They're value. They can be value, and they got the right heart. They want to. They've got this inner ability to, you know, to get on. So I'm all for that. I'm not a snob as far as that's concerned. But what I'm saying, 35 million on someone who's unproven in the top flight, 
I'd rather spend the extra and get someone who is proven. I'm just That's all yeah, I'm saying. I, I, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not saying I prefer. Not saying I prefer these guys to a Grealish, but all I'm trying to point out is there's some exceptional quality there at a cheaper price for these other than these other players that we're actually fixated on. You know, if we can't get some someone, you know, like like Yuppa Meccano or the Party or the Grealish, we should be looking at this type of player, not just some second-rate player that you know you're going to be taking a chance on in another country just because it's a bit more exotic. You know, that's the point I'm trying to make. There's some exceptional quality, and do you know what? One other thing about getting a player that's actually been playing in the Championship or even if they've started off their career in the lower leagues. A lot that shows a lot of great quality sometimes is qualities in a person. You know, they they don't when you get a player that's come out of like one of these Premier League A grade academies, they're molly mollycoddled and they think they've made it as soon as they get their first professional contract. When you've got someone that's a, like what that one of the um that Ethan Pinnock is a great example who's playing for Brentford who could potentially be a Premier League club next year anyway. He actually worked his way up from League Two through two different clubs. Then he's made his, his move to Brentford and he's really accelerated his career now. He's 26, this kid. But I bet you, he's not the mollycoddle type. He would he would work his nuts off for a Premier League team because he'll be pri- privileged and proud to play for someone like Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? He's not been mollycoddled from the age of 12. I'm, I'm sure he could do his own washing and his own shopping. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not saying that... It shows great character sometimes. Really good character for like a Lewis Dunk. He he worked his way through the lower leagues. I think you're right. What you're saying to a certain degree, there there is a there is an argument to go that way. But you know there is the argument of Premiership experience. You know, I mean, the trouble with Arsenal, it's been we've not even been you know we've not even been getting players with Premiership experience. We've been getting players from abroad. That haven't, you know, have taken their time to settle in, and that's been a problem. Look at yeah. someone like, uh, like, like Sabias, for instance. You know what I mean? He is now turning into probably one of the best midfield players in the Premier League. But the reason that he's struggled with that because he's had to struggle to to get used to the Premier League. Now, I, I, I get that thing that these some of these players in the Championship would be battle strong, if you like, because it's a tough, tough league. But you know. They're, they're few and far between. When when do these players sort of? Can I just come say into... one thing? I'm sorry to butt in, Lee. Can I just no, ask course. you a question? Would you say the Scottish Premier League is stronger than the Championship? No, I wouldn't say it is. Well, I, I, exactly. I, I, well, I look look at that. look at Kieran Tierney. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, it, but look, Kieran Tierney again is another player that's struggled with injuries and struggled with the pace of the game. For for a little while now he's come back now he's he's sort of like getting used to the to the style of it all you know look, listen I, I agree with you snobbery is part of it like because no one wanted to take Van Dyke when he was at Celtic because oh it's Celtic you know he had to go to Southampton to prove he was a Premiership player before somebody then goes to spend seventy five million pound on him instead of spending eight eight million pound and taking the taking the the gamble when it was that safe so there is that there is that to be taken into account. Now there are some good players in the in the in the championship, but one thing nowadays is that you you haven't got the player, they haven't got the I don't know if it's resources or whatever, but scouts are not going into the championship no more and looking around. There is there isn't that no is the point. Around, 
That's you know the I mean? point. Like it's it's a different scenario now. They're they're looking abroad, and they've got all these agents have got their their net out and or their trawler net out and and going from there. And that's what's you know what what isn't there. Now listen, somebody like I think somebody put on the ch on the chat a little while ago about Campwell. Now no one would have took a punt on Campwell last season when he was in the uh, season before last when he was in the uh, championship. But exactly. now they've seen him playing the Premiership, despite them going down, people will take a punt on him because of, of course. what Melvin said, he's got he's got Premiership experience now. Outsmarting you know I mean? the market, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but, but exactly. But but the season that he's had in the Premiership is probably no different to the one that he's had in the Championship. But no, and look at Madison. Madison, Madison, Madison came from Norwich. From Norwich, when they were in the Championship, Leicester took a punt on him, and look at him now. Yeah, exactly. So there is, there is that. That's, that's case the whole point I'm trying to make. Players. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and if I but can make these, a point, go ahead, Lee. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say. But these these teams that they go to, they go to to the smallest smaller sides first, i.e., the Southamptons, the you know the Leicesters, before then they go on to the big money moves to the Manchester Uniteds or, or the Arsenal's or whatever. The other side of it, just going to say from the down down point of it all, um, and I'm not having a go at him, Daniel James. Um, Manchester United, he looks sensational at Swansea when I see him. Like you know what I mean, like. But but he's gone to the, the step maybe too big to go to Manchester United. You know what I mean? So he, he's finding it hard with game time, whatever. But say if he'd have gone to a Norwich or a, a Leicester, he builds up game time. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, a lot of these players, and this is when you come back to the likes of Willock and players like that. When you're playing for Arsenal and these big clubs, your game time is not as is limited. Because you know you've got bigger bigger stars in the side, and I think that's the problem. So, but exactly, I, right. I take the, on board what you're saying. I take on board what the you're youngsters, the, the youngsters who start off in the championship, they they get more game time at an earlier age. It's as simple as that, as well, and they get more experience. You look at the look at Norwich. You know they've got this. Look, got a message on here. Um, well, James Johnson, uh, thanks ever so much for listening, James, for the Purely Arsenal podcast. Absolutely, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times recently. I went on there recently as well. It's a really good podcast. So he's put, we shouldn't be afraid to look at the clubs who are going to be relegated either. Liverpool did it with Robertson at Hull. Totally a perfect example. Shakiri came from Stoke. Um, what's his name um, from Liverpool? Came from Newcastle. Um, I think they were relegated then as well. Um, Wijnaldum, is it? GG, yeah. GG. Yes, when, when exactly. Yeah. Why Thank you very much. Norwich have Cantwell, Buendia, Godfrey, Aaron's. Bournemouth have Billing and Fraser. Villa have Grealish and Mings. Watford, Decore. They're all going exactly. to be championship exactly. players. They're going to be championship players next. That's next a season. great point. Decore would be a great signing if, if Watford go down. Exactly. Absolute, someone yeah. that Arsenal should be looking at. So I, if I agree. You, so if we go for him, if we go for a Decore in three months' time, is that worse then because he's actually playing in a championship? It, it, well, I know he's, I know, I know he's got Premier League experience, but I don't. I genuinely don't. If he's playing for a club like that, I mean, I'm talking about like the, you know, uh, again, what did I mention before? Uh, Leicester getting James Madison from Norwich. Norwich, became, yeah, got promoted afterwards, but Leicester <laughs> took that plunge because he had the quality. A season before, and because they they took that plunge a season before they got promoted, they saved themselves. I mean, what's he worth now, um, James Madison? Probably 80, 90? 
No, nah, I mean, yeah, bro, pro, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know about, I don't know about 50. They or, would be, I don't know about 80 or 90. He was, be, he was be, no, post, uh, pre, uh, pandemic, pre camp pandemic, yeah. that's right. He was being quoted at 80, 90 million uh, quid yeah, for, for, yeah. for Man United. You're probably right now, about 50 now, because of this current yeah. situation. But they pay peanuts from him, uh, from Norwich. Yeah, because they had the insight to go for it. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Some, some exactly. Got to do it. And we've got to be able to do that as well. That's the, I mean, that's the whole point of this exercise today. He's not saying that all these are that you're going to answer all our prayers. But although if we got them, I bet you they'd improve us immediately. All I'm saying is that we need to open our eyes to these things and not, you know, what my biggest fear is. And going back to the bloody plane that flew over, going back, right back to the start of the show, and my annoyance at that is that we should be directing our our pressure at the moment because we don't know what they're going to do in in the window. We're hoping for the best. We're expecting the worst. I think probably. Well, that's so, right. uh, we need to. Like Raul is sorry, the one we need to focus our rage on, not the fucking Cronkies at this stage. Yeah, not... we, we, we do, but after the transfer window, it's no good. Exactly. Yeah. Rage at the moment now that's... because we don't know what he's going to do. But as soon exactly. as that transfer window closes. If if we're all as frustrated as we have been over the last few years, that is when we've got to go there because you, you're dead right what you're saying. There are players available that will 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 strengthen us. You know, i.e. Uh, the core A for straight away. I, I, I'm thinking Mings at Aston Villa if they get relegated would would be a be a, a, a thing for us. You know, Cantwell is another one that people are mentioning in the chat. There are all sorts of players that can can you know improve us. And the, the fact of the matter is, if Mikel Arteta says, I want so-and-so from League One, then, then that's fine by me, if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? Like, whether exactly. it be... Exactly. Uh, yeah. like, you know, so if he, if he says he wants him, then that's what we get. Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. Well, oh, Mings, Mings is another great example. Sorry, uh, Tanak. He, he got released because he was classed as too small, believe it or not, when he was at Southampton. Uh, Ipswich picked him up and then... He got picked up from Ipswich by Bournemouth. So he's another one that's worked his way down. He got released and, you know, there's some real good gems if you actually uh, spend your time looking at it. And it's exactly what I was on about, Lee. I think that's what I said. Not now, because we don't know what's going to happen in the window. Yeah. You know, so it's completely pointless. But if we didn't, if, if Arteta wasn't backed, we're going to lose him, let's face it. And I heard you talking about that on the same old Arsenal, Lee. You know, we've got to worry yeah. about things like that. You know, oh, if course. we don't look after him, because he's he's going to be, he's got the potential of being a world-class coach, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. So if we don't back him, he's going to get poached away as well. You know, like a lot of these players we're talking about at the moment. So if it gets to the end of the window and we've done nothing to back him, then what I was trying to put, the point I'm trying to make is, and I'll say it again, is not, we'd, people would not, we shouldn't be going after as a cronkies. It's bloody Raul. Vinay and Edu for not doing their job properly and, you know, just spending something. Mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut down my language. I'm trying to work out what to say properly. But, yeah, for wasting the money that the way that they have in a, at least, you know, at half of all the. Because um, there have been some good signings, but a lot of the money has just been wasted on useless people. And I've, I've always been consistent in the fact that, you know, I've been very. Uh, and I heard, again, Lee, I heard you praising, um, you know, Mustafi for his performances lately. And, you know, I'm first to put my hand up to say he's been playing well, but I, he's the sort of player we need to get rid of because he oh, cannot be relied on. You know, and I, I'm, I'm not knocking the guy because he's shown a lot of strength to come back 
but he keeps making mistakes. We were very, very lucky against um, Man City on the, the weekend. He, he fell over in the early so, minutes not, of the not game. Being horrible, not being horrible, Andrew. A lot of these players have got to go. You know, they Absolutely. were sent for the league. They were sent for the league for a reason. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, for me, I, I'd out. You know, like the like. I'm gonna. If you want me to be honest, we've got to be ruthless. Bye bye. Definitely, um, definitely. Uh, Socrates. Bye bye, uh, Mustafi. Bye bye, uh, Holding. Bye bye, Kalasnach. Kalasnach. You know, bye bye, Torreira. Bye bye. You know, I mean, there's a lot of them that, that you know, Loads, that, know. Would, would, would go. You know, Shaka, I will keep for another year. But if you're going to win titles. And, and challenge on challenge for the title, you're not going to get it with Granite Shaka. You'll you'll get maybe top four or whatever, but you know, week or, or as a squad player. And this is what I'm saying: these these players that we have got now that we're relying on, the, 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 the you know, for for title winning teams, they'd be squad players. Definitely. You know, somebody like you know Edu, for instance, wasn't a regular player in the um, Invincibles and, and and that time around. He would walk into the Arsenal team there and be our star player. That's the difference, and that's the culture we've got to get back to. When Definitely. you're looking at people like Shaka and and Mustafi, you're saying, oh, "Yeah, they're good squad players." Because you know you've got to have those sort of players. Uh, Grimondi was another one that was, you know, not a not a reg, but come in and done a job. But he would get he'd, he'd walk into this back four, and this is you know, and he wasn't that great. So this is what you've got. This is the, what you've got to get back to. These guys. Are good enough to be squad players, but that's it. Mm. You know, we've got to improve. You know the difference with our mindset now. When a number of the players you've mentioned, Lee, have a good game, we actually, cool, they had a good game. We're surprised. We shouldn't be yeah. surprised. An Arsenal player playing well. It, it should be the ex- it should be the standard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and 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 eight should be the standard. If you have yeah. a seven, okay. If you have a six, you had an off day. You know what I mean? Like, there's no there's no excuse for not having a hundred percent commitment in every single game. And right. some we've all seen that players sometimes look like they just can't be bothered. You know, and there was a few yesterday. You know, yeah. so I ain't going to go. Well, I, go listen, that, but, I get that about yesterday. You know what I mean? But, let's not go over the ball about exactly. I, that's why I said in, that's why I skipped over it in the, in the first yeah, part of the players, show. Players don't want to get injured for a cup final when they're playing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mentally, you switch off. I, I accept that, you know, and I expect the same sort of performance on on Sunday, you know, because you just, you know, why why go in for a tackle which could risk you missing a cup final? Um, exactly, yeah, and things like that. So they, they, they're that's in their head, you know. That's just meant. That's just natural. No, exactly. I, I totally agree, and I think Sunday is going to be like a pre-season friendly, just getting ready for the cup finals. To be perfectly honest, just to keep the fitness up to speed, um, but. I think the big, the, what I sort of touched on at the beginning of this show, and I think we'll start wrapping up soon. I know you've got to go soon, haven't you, Lee? But yeah, I've got to go. Yeah, yeah. Just the big, the best um, achievement I think that uh, Arteta's done. Yeah, and like I touched on earlier, it ain't the the way that he sets the team up on the pitch and everything like that, and the the, the different types of ways he overcomes the opposition and blah. That's the easy part. That's the absolute piss, piss easy part for him. The the hardest part, considering this is his first job, has the way that he has transformed those same players from December to the to way they are now to to actually beat Liverpool and Man City in the last seven days or so. That that is phenomenal because when you see that team at the end of our Emery's era, well, I can't really call it an era. 
<laughs> Emery's reign. But <laughs> when you see that team then, that was honestly going down to the bottom three. And then you compare those to the players that were on the pitch. And that's why I was so happy after Liverpool and Man City games, the way that we played and stuck in and dug in and wouldn't, we just refused to get beat. And we came back uh, from being a goal down against Liverpool. And that's why I was, I was so happy because that just showed me that what he's done with those players, sort of, with their sort of with their men, mentality, was incredible. You know, if he can do that, it doesn't matter about the, the formations on the pitch and the way he gets the team to play and pass. That's the easy bit. The way that he's transformed those players around mentally, absolutely phenomenal to me. And nothing shows that more than Xhaka and Mustafi for the way they've come back from what they were. I mean, they were out the door. I mean, Maitland-Niles. Yeah, look, Xhaka literally was about half on the plane, on the stairs, on the, going up to the plane to go off to uh, to Germany, wouldn't he? And Earth of Berlin, yeah. The way he's, he's brought all that situation around and the way that he's, uh, you know, turned around Mustafi and the players like that, absolutely, you can't praise him enough for that because they were just gone. They were they're, dead, they're, dead they're, players. They're buying into what he is selling. Yeah, so if he can do that, he can do anything. That's, that, that's, the, that's the hardest part of... Um, of coaching because if you you know like Michael Cox the right you know the writer that does all the tactics stuff um and the paper and, and, pl- and people like that they would be the world's best coaches if it was just a case of working out the tactics on the pitch what what means you makes you can actually manage a, a coach a, a team is that sort of stuff the mental side and making them uh, you know losers into winners the man and, management it, yeah the turning the, the losing mentality into winning mentality is the hardest thing you can possibly do. And he, he's done that, done that within what, six, seven months. And that's, that, that's with the pandemic three month break as well. So if he can do that, he can do anything on a pitch. So it's so important that he gets back because um, he will outgrow us in a very short oh. space of time otherwise. And I think that's uh, worrying. And um, so, yeah, it's too early to worry yet. Yeah, It's too early to worry yet, but, I really wanted to make that point about that stupid fucking plane. What a waste of money. It's made this embarrassing. It's embarrassment again in front of the world. And he even got the message wrong because it's it's the wrong people to put the pressure on right now if if we don't if we don't get back in the summer one, window. One one thing I want to say, and I was actually thinking about this last night at about two o'clock in the morning, and uh don't ask what I was doing up at two o'clock in the morning. Kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> there, there are folks in this fan base who are going to complain no matter how much money you spend. We could spend 500 million pounds in this summer transfer window. If it didn't come from Cronky's pocket, they're still going to bitch. Yeah. They're still going to come. Well, he didn't put any money into the club. It doesn't, he didn't take that money, didn't come out of his pocket. So why aren't we spending more? So, so not, only, not only are there people out there complaining about the amount of money we're spending, they're also complaining about where the money's actually coming from. The fact yeah. that he won't pull it out of his own pocket. Yet the proof is there. We are spending money. Maybe, maybe it's not as much as everybody would like. But the yeah. bigger problem to me is that these people complaining. It's they're complaining about where the money's coming from. And that I don't understand. Yeah, That's no. Lost on me. Melvin, just make your point quick, and then I'll say. Uh... I'll go. Very quickly, it's never going to come out of his pocket. Uh, come out the club's um, borrowing uh, liabilities. He's never going to do that. And the Man United people did that. No one's complaining about them how much money they no. spent. That's the exactly. way they do it. The American yeah. way, 
that's it. Exactly. Lee, have you got yeah. just just brief Lee, have you got uh, anything just add to add quickly before you uh, shoot off? No, I think like, that's, that sums it all. I just think like you know the, the, the message is clear. One thing that did come out of that plane thing, I know it's embarrassing and bad, is that I said I addressed it yesterday by saying the board are going to back me, and uh, so and, and believe me when I said that. So. That that was a good sign that Mikel Arteta said that he's confident the board are going to back him, and that's all that I want to know. As long as he's as long as he's happy, he feels confident that the club are going to back him, and then, and he said, and you can quote me on that and trust me on that, Arsenal fans. That is good enough for me, and I'm happy with it. Lee, yeah. before you dip out, let me ask one question of everybody: Did you feel that way under Arteta? Or, yeah, under Arteta, under Emery. No. Did, did, you, did you trust? Did you no, trust, no, 100%. You know what I mean? So, so we, we trust Arteta inherently with the things that he says. We believe yeah. him, you know. Two, oh, two yeah. Things that, Absolutely. Two things that, uh, that, that didn't do Emery no favours was the, the run to the end of the season yep. um, when he blew out the top five and also then back who I think that the, fa- the, the ball yeah. had a, probably a little excuse not to back him. Then he come out publicly and said, you know, I want um, Zaha and they didn't go and get him. And that to me was, that was enough to say that they don't really trust him. Now, yeah. if Arteta comes out and says, I want Jack Grealish <clears throat> and, they, and they come out and get somebody else, then I won't be happy. If, if, if Mikel Arteta says that he wants Jack Grealish, so-and-so, so-and-so, then it's up to the club and the board to make sure they go and get it. Now, if that's funding it by selling players or... Mr. Cronkay putting in his pocket. That is what they've got to do. Whatever, whatever this club's got to do, it's got to back this manager because I'm telling you this now, what I've seen, we're, we're going to have some good days like because we, it shows that we can play against the big boys in a, back against the walls. And, 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 you know, because Saturday's game was, was fancy. Mikel Arteta knew exactly how to beat Manchester City. He, he plotted... Uh, little traps all around the ground for what for them to fall into because he knew exactly how they were going to play and we followed it to the team. You imagine what he can do when he's got the players that he really wants to do that. Exactly, exactly. Here, here. Exactly. Thanks ever so much for coming on, Lee. Really, no really worries. appreciate but, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, boys. Really good discussion. Like, you know what I mean? Lovely to talk to you. And you. Thanks, Thanks you for coming on. Care. Speak to you Here soon, mate. Sure, Take care. Bye-bye. 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 And... Uh, Guys, you were all right just for a little while longer, or you got a rock? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I got, yeah, I got about another 15 minutes in me here. Fantastic. Well, just, I, mean, I don't want to keep, that's exactly right, what, what Lee just said there. And if he says, I want so-and-so, they've got to go out and do their utmost to get it for him. But don't, let's, let's all remember that the whole reason that we got Raul was to do that job. So he is the one that needs to be held accountable. Absolutely. The the biggest hope I've got on that fact is this guy. Oh, my God. His name's gone completely out of my head. Uh, Lewis. Tim Lewis. Ah, Tim that Lewis. That has been brought guy, in. Yeah. Now, he's an Arsenal fan, for a lifelong Arsenal fan from London. And hang on just one second. With uh, Hey Presto. Lee looks a lot different. Look. There you go. <laughs> I've got his hat on, though, so that's yeah, all right. Yeah, you have. Oh. You've got your Peaky Blinders hat on. Richard, yeah. you're welcome. No, I'm sorry. Is, is Lee the, gone, is he? Is he still yeah, around? Yeah, no, he had to go. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's got another... He's, he's got another... He um, you came in. <laughs> he's got oh, another well, engagement. Go. He's on another podcast at half, half eight. He told me initially, so that's all good. Uh, but oh. there's, there's um, 
point I was going to make there, this Tim Lewis has just come in. He's a lawyer from London, he's a lifelong Arsenal fan, and he he's the one I've got a bit of hope in that he's going to be the year to the ground, and he's going to be the one that's asking questions um, at the club. And, you know, before any checks are signed off, you know, why you know why are we doing it? You know, getting actual reason behind the, the decisions, because he's got no one to answer to at all at the moment, Raul. Yeah, he's walk, he's walking around like he's Winston Wolf out of Pulp Fiction. You know, I'm the man that can get you stuff. You know, and I've got contacts. You know, and if you kill someone, I'll go around, get my lads around, and clean up the the the, the scene, that type of thing. So he that's that's exactly what he's, he's got. A big fat cigar on. He's got no one to answer to, and I just hope that this guy Tim Lewis is going to be the guy to do that and um, make sure that he is accountable um, for the decisions he makes. Um, just quickly go to you, uh, Richard, with regards to all this. This just I know we've the rest of us have discussed it, but what's your thoughts on this um, playing situation that was the, you know at the ground yesterday? Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, the wrong message for a start. It was, it was a contradictory message, wasn't it? I mean, if you're going to back Arteta and get Cronky out, then it's which one do you want to do, one or the other? Surely. Well, you've you got know. to do the first one first, don't you? Otherwise, it's a bit exactly. Pointless. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it is a mixed message, wasn't it? And I can't understand the point of having a plane flying over a ground when there's no fans there anyway. Oh, and the TV the didn't time. pick it up, did they? It was. It's been put on social media today. I mean, whatever they paid for that, it was obviously a waste of money, wasn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, just a ridiculously pointless message, I thought. But, you know, I think it's important that the first bit of that, we have to back our tear. All of us do. I think that's that's fair enough. Um, the ball has to. We have to as fans as well. And let's see what happens. I mean, if if he gets what he needs and gets what he wants, then we'll all be happy, won't we? And yeah. whether that's over one transfer window, possibly two or three, I think it's going to take in total, isn't it? But, you know, let's let's not be too quick to judge you know at the end of the day Arteta hasn't had a proper transfer window yet has he he only came in just before Christmas you know he got a couple of loans in in January let's see I suppose this isn't really a proper transfer window either is it because it's a bit of a strange yeah. time with the transfer window should have been open already but let, let's see what happens this in this exactly. window exactly it's and, a bit too early then, isn't it to tell yeah. yet we don't know what's going to happen Exactly. And if, if in October, when it shuts, or whenever it's going to shut, if we're in the same position we're in now, we haven't signed anybody or we've got one or two cheaper options that aren't really what we need, then maybe do banners and then maybe do planes or whatever it is, if, if that's where we are. But Go moment, for the right moment, people. Go yeah, for exactly, the right yeah. people. That's yeah, yeah. the whole point. Yeah. But at the moment, it's like, well... Give him a chance. Do you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Let's, let's see what happens. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not 100 confident that the board are going to spend the money that we need over the next two or three years to put us where we want to be. But at the end of the day, we didn't have Arteta before. Now we've got Arteta. He seems like he's going to he's going to push it a little bit more than maybe previous managers have done. And let's see where we go. And hopefully, by the sort of September October time, we'll have a bit more of an idea, and then we can hopefully get excited, which we were supposed to be last year. But let's get excited this year instead. Exactly. Now, James Johnson, sorry, just very, very quickly, James Johnson's put an, a comment in saying Arteta would not have took it, taken this job if he was not promised funds in the summer. He's not that stupid. But the last summer, there was absolutely no forecast of what's going to happen, was it, uh, this season? That's the problem, James. And uh, at the end of the day, they're still going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something, otherwise we're going to get left behind. And I've, I've said this before. This, and I, I don't think I'm overstating it again, you know, that this is import, this summer window is the most important one pretty much in my lifetime, I think, because of the way we're sitting right now. And I think we could either go one or two ways. We're either going to be staying 
as a mid-table club or we're going to be able to start pushing again for top four. And, uh, you know, but if it's the first one, if it's the first option, we, we're going to lose Arteta. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We won't have him for more than about next season if we're lucky. So this is so important, this window. It's incredible. And this, it, this is why we brought in Winston Wolf. So sorry, Melvin. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Good evening. How are you doing? All right. Yeah. Right. I just think that with Arteta, he's worked under Pep and he's also played under Wenger and learned stuff, obviously. But I think he reminds me more of a George Graham type manager. Yeah. I yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I do. I do. That's what made me think early about, you know, what I said earlier uh, in the ep- uh, this episode here, that, you know, why there's so many similarities to uh, the situation, to when George Graham took over. And and he won a cup, didn't he, in his first season? He won remember. a cup in his first season, Littlewood. exactly, yeah, exactly. Littlewood. Yeah, Littlewood's yeah, Cup. And um, it took him, what, three years? Three years and he won the title. I'm not saying that's going to happen yeah. again. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But if he's backed, uh, I, I'll tell you what, just quickly going on that point, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here as well. But it just shows you this season more than ever as well, what you can actually do with incredible coaching. Because a man- when a manager comes in or a head coach comes into a new team, it's not, it's the easiest thing in the world. If you're like um, an Ancelotti or a Mourinho, just to go out and buy new players, just to completely replenish the whole squad, buy better players, but if you're a real, real head coach, you improve the players you've got as well. And he's, he's shown already in a short space of time that he can do that. And look at bloody Sheffield United with a team of players that have come up from League One. And they've beaten pretty much everyone in the league this year. What an incredible year they've had. And that yeah. just shows you that even without buying massively expensive players, which I'm not saying we don't need, but I'm just saying, imagine if we can get the players as well as well as him doing his coaching on the players that we've already got. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's very, totally, I mean, yeah, totally nothing, good. nothing is impossible. You know, nothing is impossible in this game. Whether we can, you know, challenge for top four next year, I think we can. I honestly <laughs> think we can. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought back in, back in, say, December, December that, we, exactly. that we would beat Liverpool, Man City, back-to-back, reach the FA Cup final? Who would have thought we could do that with this group of players? Well, Arteta has, has, has made a massive difference, hasn't he? Like you said, if, if he gets the right players in, if we can get the improvements to the squad that we need, with his coaching, there's no end to where we could go. Exactly. Yeah, and that, yeah. oh, Sorry, Melvin, go on. Just to say, you say the coach has got to be good, doubly good, because look at the going back, Man City, when they had all that, first had all that money, Hughes was the manager. He did not improve that side at all with all the expensive signings. Man United exactly. had two managers. I know they didn't give them very long. Both of them, they spent a lot of money again, and with Mourinho as well, include three managers now, and the, the team was not actually improved by any stretch of the imagination. So it's exactly. not spending the money, it's spending the money wisely and having the right coach to give the other players a lift as well. Exactly. 100%. Now, th- this is what we've got over and above our um, our competitors for the top four next year. I think we'll, I'm not talking about Klopp and Pep. I think they're incredible world-class managers, clearly. But with regards to all the other teams around us, our coach... I don't. It's too early to say, but I've got my confidence. Says my belief in the guy says that we've got the best out of the lot. You know, I genuinely think that Arteta is going to be the world class manager. Genuinely, I, I want this is this is my long term hope for this club is to see Arteta here 
I don't think 22 years like like Wenger was. I don't think that's realistic anymore no, no, in no, the world in the world of sport. But 10 years, I give me a decade of Mikel Arteta, maybe 15. I'm he's not great. even 40 yet. He's not even 40. Right. So even I, if he I, gave I, us I 10 years, he'd still be a young manager at the end of it. Still a young man. I mean, when and and I I think that 10 years is is probably about right. I, I think that's probably about the shelf life. And I think he may get a little, if, if we are successful in, in that time frame, I, I think he may look for a new challenge, not, not a better challenge, just a new challenge. There, there is a competitive fire. Exactly. exactly. You know, I, 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 I would absolutely love the idea as, and th- this is just completely a, a personal thing for me, but I would love if if I were a coach or you know someone in the position of a Raul, Raul or you know to go to a club that I had to build, I don't want to go to a I wouldn't want to go to a city or a Liverpool that that are already established. You know I I want to go I want to I want to take on a project exactly. And, and well, that, that shows yeah. and, you know and and I think for for Arteta he knows what's in front of him. I think he understands the project that he has in front of him. And I think he's excited about it. I think as long as he gets what he needs, I think he's excited at what he can do here. And if I may, real quick, Andrew, we are not that far off, at least this season anyway. We are not that far off no. of being third or fourth in the league. When when a few games that we probably should have won, and we're sitting third or fourth. We're, we're, and third. Just, we're third since we January the 1st. Could very, could very well, yeah, yeah. And, you know... Should we? Well, we were Brighton? before yesterday, should've, anyway. Should have, should have, should have beaten yeah. Brighton in both games. I'm sorry, I mean, we're a better side than them. We should have beaten them. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I was thinking earlier actually today that if you look at Leicester, if you look at Chelsea, if you look at Tottenham, for example, three teams that are above us this season, they're not better than us. They're they're ahead of us in the league this year because of the start that we had and all the problems that we had with Emery. Next season, from a starting from a standing start. I'd, I'd, I'd be amazed if any of those finish above us, even if we don't sign any players, because of what Arteta can do. Bear in mind, we've got a few players to come in that haven't played yet. Saliba, Mari, Martinelli's been injured recently and stuff like that. So, you know, and you look at the, you look at their teams, you think they aren't they are not they haven't got better players than us. Not really, they haven't. If you take Liverpool and Man City out of it, they're on a different level, although we've just beaten them both, which which was great. But Liverpool over, ain't. Over Liverpool ain't. They're just incredible. They're four years ahead of us. They're, I mean, Klopp is an yeah, incredible yeah, they coach. Are, yeah. Yeah. Klopp's an incredible coach, and he's improved those players yeah. tenfold. And that, that's what's going to happen with Arteta. Genuinely, yeah. I think that's gen- genuinely what's going to happen with a lot of I, our players. I think, I think, but real it, quick, if I'm, I think we're closer to where we want to be right now than Liverpool were when Klopp took over. I dare yeah, say I we're agree. closer to where Klopp, we yeah, Klopp yeah, took over. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, Klopp's Liverpool took o- when he took over. We're in a much better position than we were. We are. Now, much better position. They'd finished second under, uh, was it Brendan Rodgers? Brendan yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, they, they, they were a team that had finished second twice with most of the players that he inherited. So they were in a much, much stronger position than than Arsenal were when Arteta's taken over, without question. And anyway, that what I'm trying to point out is that they haven't bought incredible world stars. I mean, Virgil van Dijk is now. But it's like when when Wenger went and bought you know a lot of our great players from the Invincibles. They were unknowns or pretty much yeah, you know yeah. f- forgotten players yeah, when he. Yeah. But they became world class. Now Virgil yeah. Van Dijk wasn't world class when they bought him. He was very very highly thought of. But with his coaching, 
he's got them to where he is now through coaching. You know, and, and that's what we're going to happen with, with Mikel Arteta. I've got absolutely no doubt. But we need to keep him... Um, yeah. We need to keep him interested by backing him as much as we possibly can. And not just the board, but, you know, us fans as well. I think mean, it's so irritating when you get the people well, on Twitter that are just going after the clicks and the likes and the... what. Just, last just, night was, was typical, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know. If, I suppose you talked about last night's game already, I'm assuming. but No, well, I, I spent 30 seconds on it when, at the start of the show, yeah. Just the, the Twitter meltdown after that game, to me, was ridiculous. But when you bear in mind, we've just come off the back of two really, really tough games and we made changes. Villa were motivated by the Watford result just before. And it was just one of, everything conspired against us, didn't it, last night? And it, was, it wasn't great, obviously. If we, we, we needed to win the game and we didn't. But in the overall scheme of things, it just, everything kind of went against us before we started really and it was always going to be tough and in the end Villa were if Watford had say um, had won that game and Villa were already down we'd have probably beaten Villa last night because they'd have been so flat and so disappointed that we'd have probably gone out and beat them but they were so motivated because they knew a win would get them out of the bottom three they, they were just they were almost they all played at sort of 10% better than they would normally have done, I think. And we were maybe 5% less because of, you know, we'd just come back off the big game on Saturday. So I think there was a big 100%. massive meltdown, wasn't there, on, on social media? Well, but, but can I, just put, I just want to put a disclaimer out. The start of the show <laughs> that I did was a, uh, a, a send-up of what went on on Twitter yesterday, yeah. not my actual thoughts. I just want to point that out, just in case anyone gets the up, wrong, up, uh, wrong idea. Sorry, Melvin, go on. What I was going to say is, if you notice uh, that we have highs and lows since Arteta come, because that's the nature of the business with the club the way it is, our highs are getting better every time. 100%, that is yeah. A good, that is a good way of judging how a team is progressing. Not the lows, the highs. Every that's time. A, that, is a great, that is a great point, Melvin. I absolutely love what you just said. That is tremendous. You, the highs you, are getting... Yeah. The high... We just... Every time we we get a high, we're going a little bit higher every single time. Exactly, and the, it, it's yeah, the things yeah. that we haven't been doing for years. Like I pointed out before, you know, winning away, you know, winning three away games on the trot. When was the last time that happened? You know, beating teams that are above us. You know, competing with teams that are above us on an even keel. You know, but uh, and I can't, I, I'm sorry to repeat myself, but the wins uh, against Liverpool and Man City, they just topped the whole lot for. A, Probably the last <laughs> ten years in performances, but we haven't seen that grit and determination and the the will to win and the ability to just not give up. We haven't seen that spirit. Yeah, that's a good word, spirit. We haven't seen yeah. that spirit in our team for donkey's years, and yeah, that's why I absolutely love him more than anything because he's done that. Arteta's done that with those players. And let's do I, it once more. Let's do it once more next Saturday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got no doubt um, that he will. I've no doubt we, 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 he will. He will put us on that pitch. So prepared, it'll be it'll be amazing. I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, anyway, sorry, go on, Tanner. No, it's just the, the reason when you said we're winning away, and the reason I chuckled, and this isn't anything for anything. It just I was fortunate enough when I was over there in December. I I was fortunate enough to get a couple of tickets to the West Ham game at the London Stadium, and we actually took the lead. And I was I was in the away section. I was five rows. I was five rows off off the field. Um. But the, the crowd, our, our our supporters started chanting, how shit must you be? We're winning away. Yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard. I mean, I have heard. I've heard some chants. I'm like, wait, did they did they 
did I hear that right? Yeah. Do, <laughs> do then, you want to play us every week? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like you know we're winning away. How shit must you be? We're winning at it. And I just, when you said wow. that, I just I I'm sorry, I chuckled because it uh, memories of a good time. Memories I don't care time. what anyone says. Our away our away support is the best in the league. Oh my god, I I was at I was at Old Trafford. I love our away fans. Um, unfortunately, when Holding blew out his knee in December of 2018, and then I was fortunate enough to go to West Ham away this past December. I got it. It is un, it is unreal. It is it is a completely different atmosphere being, being the being in the away section it is unlike when i was at old trafford i had to literally stand my fiance nicole was was with me and we were at the end of a row and we weren't we were far from the pitch but it's because of the way that old trafford and where the away fans are sat they squeezed they squeezed too many seats in that section yeah. haven't they yeah, yeah yeah but so we were we were I, they were great seats they really were but we were at the end of a row basically and when we scored, I mean, the entire section just swarmed upon us to the point where I'm standing. Like, I'm, like, trying to protect her so that these idiots come running down the stands, the stairs don't, you know, come over top of me and hit her. So that's, that's my biggest fear in the world. It, you know, I'm losing my mind. I'm going nuts. But, man, I, I was afraid these guys were going to jump over the, over the rail and just start running out onto the field. I'm like. I <laughs> know. No, it's brilliant. It's a Darby fans. Are, are, oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely oh, amazing. I've I, so I got to tell you a very funny story. I went when we were champions in 1998, when Wenger's first full season, right? We yeah. won the league with a few games to go. We beat Everton at home. And a friend of mine got me a ticket away to Liverpool. Right, I was that, yeah. It was five pounds on it, and I was like, "Where is?" Well, I don't know if you heard this, Richard, but we, the Arsenal fan, we are the champions. We are, you right? They went one, we went one nil down, went two nil down, went three nil down. We are the champions, and when the fourth goal went in, they started singing, "We're not singing anymore." <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> That, oh, was really that was oh, one of them games where you didn't mind losing 4-0, wasn't it? Because yeah. they won the league, nobody cared, and it's like, just score more goals. We don't, we're not bothered, honestly. They, talk, <laughs> they, they, they talked about that on the uh, Ask blog, I think, this morning. I'm sure they did, you know, sort of relating the end of the season type of game, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. sure they talked about Funny enough, we, we lost 1-0 at Aston Villa just after, just after that as well. On, yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was a very similar game to last night. We, we I think that's what, yeah. Flat. And then we turned it on in the final. I think Dwight York scored, didn't he, Richard? He did, yeah. Dwight York scored the winner, yeah. 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 We we were just really flat, wasn't we, that day as well. It was like, you've won the league. How can you lift yourself again? You can't for another league game. And luckily, we were able to lift ourselves for the cup final and the week after and won, which which was great. And hopefully we can do the same again, you know, this season. But, I mean, that was a great team, wasn't it? The 98 team. Oh, amazing. I want to ask one question of you guys. And I and I hope you get a chuckle out of this, but why the hell couldn't you guys have won the Revolutionary War? Seriously, like if you would have won the war, I could be I could have experienced this just like you guys did. <laughs> but hey, you know, I yeah, no, I, I well, I, they, I mean, yeah, you do well though, don't you? You do come over, and you were bloody uh, on yeah, Sky yeah. Sports News. You were last time. Yeah, uh, they uh, they caught me in the roundabout, right? Uh, Fantastic, the, the, was... the circus right there in, in front of the armory. At the no, stadium, great. yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Carol on the uh, comments there. Does anyone know how Per, per Mertesacker is doing as head of the academy? We don't hear much from Carol. Or I point you to Ian Wright's um, YouTube channel 
And during the lockdown, he was doing those phone call interview things. Really excellent. They were, I loved them all, really. He did one with Per, per Mertesacker. Have a look at that. Watch it. I thought it was really, really good. It was um, really re reassuring. And, you know, he's a lovely guy. What a great guy. He's a really intelligent guy. And I think our academy is in excellent hands, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't know. Did, yeah. did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys watch all that, that video? That interview? It, yeah. Really no good, cool. wasn't it? Yeah. No Really, I, I really think Mertesacker is a very, very intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see him having a really big future, and I actually think at some point he may well become our head coach. I think Arteta might get might get pulled away by a, a bigger club, if you like, or a more successful club, maybe even Manchester City when Pep goes. I don't know. Um, and I think Mertesacker is going to maybe become our manager at some point, whether it's in the next, it might be in the next 10 years, as, as Tanner said before, with Arteta maybe. And then maybe Arteta, um, Mertesacker might step in. But I can definitely see him in the future being a Arsenal's manager. I could see I him could... being like a director of football yep. or something. I was just, that's what I think. Yeah, maybe that. I could see, I could see Pear being, taking over, I'd, I'd say Raul's position right now. Yeah. I, I could see yeah. him yeah, going. Maybe, you know, maybe, I, yeah, I, maybe, I would maybe. absolutely love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh you know, my God. I would love to just change subjects. Well, not changing subjects at all, really. I don't know what I said that for. But uh, Overmars would be great to come in, you know, in the Raul yeah. role. He does that for Ajax, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he, he yeah, that's, yeah. Yep. yeah. Really, that'd be nice. And, uh, you know, we've got to get Dennis Bergkamp on the I think we need to fill well. the Jesus. We, think we need to fill the club with ex-players, don't we? We've got we've had such a lot of great yeah. ex-players yep. who are now working at other clubs. We need to get them back to Arsenal, definitely. don't we? Definitely. Bergkamp and all. Definitely yeah, Bergkamp. Yeah, Bergkamp. Oh, there's a lot of it. Patrick Vieira. I mean, he's sort that's of coaching, it. isn't he? You know, he, he could come in and do a job somewhere in the club. I'm sure he could. Yeah. There's, there's lots of our ex-players out there that we need to try to get back involved, definitely, at some well, level. I, I mean, Bob Bobby yeah. Perez is, I think he's still floating around. I don't see much from the yeah. uh, the training yeah. pictures anymore, but I hope he's still floating around. I had a chance at the Armory to meet him, and I I absolutely crapped the bed on that one. So <laughs> then, he, then, then he then he ended up uh, he ended up going on a stadium tour, and I and I happened to be there when everybody from the stadium tour he was on came out, and they were like, yeah, he like he came on the stadium tour like he was like he was a customer. Like that, he had bought a ticket and paid for the yeah. stadium for. Meanwhile, and nobody, nobody knew who he was. So yeah, but well, let's. Uh, but. I'm just going to quickly go through some of these uh, comments before. I'm just scroll back up if you bear with me one second. Just want to see if I can get some of the comments through before we uh, sort of start wrapping up a bit. Um, Carol Shellamay, she says she thinks Raúl likes Spanish and South American players. See, the problem is, I heard this just. Um, just quickly. He likes anyone who's got that agent, doesn't he? Yeah, well, definitely. And that, the, the, the thing is, it, it's it's difficult to use. Uh, I can't remember where I heard it. But people talking about um, we should go after uh, more Martinelli's in Brazil. But the problem, the thing is with Martinelli is that he's got the Italian passport. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it. It's very, very difficult. Remember Wellington, Wellington Silver, what we got from Brazil, and we never saw. I don't think we ever saw him ever again. He, we, we long right. protract, long and protracted thing that was, and he was supposed to be in a new, bloody, I don't know, Messi or something, but he never even made an appearance for us. I don't think. No, I don't um, think. Because it was just so hard to get him to uh, the work permit at a young age. It, we wouldn't have got Martinelli if he hadn't got the dual nationality. Um. There was a couple yeah. of messages. I don't want to um, miss them out. 
You've been kind enough to put them in there, so I want to make sure you get them. Uh, Terry Mancini. All right, Terry. If you look at the world's top 30 clubs in terms of turnover, it includes the entire Premier League 20 clubs. Um, so, yeah, that's right. That's why it's getting so much... I think the point he's making is we're getting so so much tighter between the, the wealth, between all of the Premier League clubs nowadays. And that's why the, the championship's improving so much as well, you know, because of the parachute payments and stuff. That's that's um, a real fun league to watch. It really is. I'm so is. glad I, that, that, that I can watch that over here. I don't get every game, but I, I get enough to, to occupy myself. And it, it is just, man, I, I love watching championship league games. I really do. Yeah. It's a, I think genuinely, genuinely think the standard. People think it. It's not a good standard. It's, it's a very good standard now. It's one of the. It's one of the. I'm it, sorry. It is one of the, the best toughest. It's the toughest league to get out of in the world. In it's the world, league. yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. I agree. if you yeah. can survive in there, then I genuinely, genuinely think that the Premier League. It's a bit quicker, but apart from that, it, the, the Champions Leagues are not an awful lot tougher. I, th- you know, I think. I, th- I think th- I was going to say this earlier, if I may, Andrew. I, I think. The, the the maybe the best way to 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 describe it is the the level at the top of the Premier League. There there is a very distinct gap between mm. the I would say the top six or what what the traditional top six used to be and sort of the rest of of the Premier League table. Whereas in the Championship, it is your it's pretty Absolutely. even. But there's so so those clubs that come up from the Champions League or from yeah from the Champions League from the Championship, it's. You're going to fit into that. You're going to fit into that mid-table Premier League. You're, you're, it'll be it'll be tough for you to crack that top six. Um, Wolves are in, in my they're they're the exception of the rule because I don't think they're going anywhere. I think sure, they're no, United. No, United. United is going to hang around Incredible, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I the, the gap in in talent um, is is just it, at the very top of the Premier League. The, that gap in talent is 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 bigger. It, it's hard to overcome that, I think, from those clubs. The easiest yeah. thing to look at as well, have a, see how hard the championship is. Just have a look at League One and see, look at the, the league, some of the te- teams in there. Well, you have a, just, I, I'll give you have a look at some of the teams in League One. That just shows you, <laughs> you know, if you get relegated, there's so many in there that have been recently Premier League sides. Sunderland. Exactly. Portsmouth. You know, Hull. Just, Hull's going down. Absolutely. Yeah. Wigan, you know. Wigan are going that way, aren't they? Blackburn have been heading that direction. I mean, I think if you come out of the Premier League, if you don't automatically go straight back up again, yeah. you're in yeah. trouble, aren't you? You're in trouble. Yep. Historically, you can see what's happened. If, if you, Unless you, you get like West Brom seem to go up and down. Norwich have been sort of up and down a few times, haven't they? And them sort of clubs are all right. But once you come out and you don't come back. Middlesbrough, look at where they've been struggling. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were recently in the Premier League. Sunderland obviously went straight through the leagues. You know, and that seems to be a, a theme, doesn't it? If, if you yeah. don't come up in the first year or two, you've basically, you've had it. Well, Stoke, um, Stoke and that's, City are nearly down, aren't oh, they, as well? Exactly, yeah. Stoke's another one, yeah. And, Hull, you know, yeah, exactly. Hull, yeah. Hull. I mean, you've got teams like maybe Nottingham Forest or a few other teams that maybe haven't been in the Premier League for quite a long time. They've been hanging around in the Championship, haven't they? Not quite getting promoted and being mid-table, you know. And in a sense, they probably want to be in the Premier League. But if they get into the Premier League and come straight back down again, they're going to be in a worse position when they're back in the Championship than what they are now. Yeah. That's, if they yeah. don't come straight back up again, that is. You know, exactly. 
and they could end up they could end up in League One and, and stuff like that. I mean, Southampton did, didn't they? They went all the way down to League One, didn't they? Southampton, and exactly. they, they've 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 come back, and it just seems to be a there's a massive the, the financial irregularities, if you like, between. Yeah. The yeah. Premier League and the, the, the bottom half of the Championship is ridiculous. And obviously, from the bottom half of the Championship down, it, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? And a lot of those clubs are getting left further and further behind, aren't they? And it's a yeah. shame, really, because you've got clubs like Wigan could be going out of business. Bolton yeah. uh, had problems last year. Berry and Very clubs sad. like that, you know. It's, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because they're all part of, you know, football in this country isn't just about Liverpool and Man City or even about the 20 clubs in the Premier League. There's, you know, you've got all the rest of the, the clubs in the Football League below that. And then you've got, you know, the non-leagues and stuff as well. You know, it, it's all, it all should be one big kind of family, if you like. But it, it's it's not it's sad. It is. it is sad because a lot of clubs are getting left behind and they've got no chance of ever... Because you can't, you're not going to have a Wimbledon really anymore, are you? A club doing that, what Wimbledon did. Exactly. Well, well, look at Wigan. Wigan won the, the FA Cup seven or eight years ago, yeah. didn't they? That, well, so, so did Portsmouth. Yeah. Didn't they turn us over as well in the Premiership a couple of times, Wigan? Yeah. So, you know, exactly. they were a, a Exactly. Well, you know, it, that's yeah, the, did, yeah. What's yeah. the That's why you're a fan, isn't it? You know, what about all the Wigan fans who, you know, because they came up from the League Two, I think, initially, all the way to yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. Imagine being a fan and being that excited. That's what you're willing for. I mean, that journey they went on with Wigan and now come back, these owners, you know, that, that just come in and wreck yeah. the whole club. And look at them now going yeah. into administration just so soon after coming out of the Premier League. It's awful. I feel I'm so not, sorry I, I for the fans. I do think that this COVID situation has caused a lot of extra financial problems on clubs yeah. and having no fans in the stadium. Some Obviously, their seasons were just wiped out, wasn't they, for the sort of below the championship and stuff like that. And that hasn't helped either. And there was already massive financial issues before that. And suddenly, that's just added to the problems. And the clubs that were struggling before are in real, real massive trouble now, aren't they? And maybe yeah. the clubs in the yeah. top of the Premier League should really do something about it, should step in and say, look, you know, we don't want all these clubs to go away because that that's... You know, everybody's come from it, haven't they? Arsenal, you know, we came from, you know, a, a small club that, you know, at the beginning and we've we worked our way up to become what we are, you know. And every, every club's important, aren't they? And I think the Premier League needs to maybe understand exactly. that and help yeah. out. Well, that's what I, I believe because, you let know, me, football, football me, every level is important. Let me throw something out here. And, and this is this is probably a crazy idea and I'm going to get lambasted for it, but I'll take it. It's, it's just a thought. So whatever I'm, is that yeah. meat sauce? Is that meat sauce? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so when I'm trying to explain to Americans who don't really understand um, the tier system of, of Europe, European football, but English football in, in particular, I, I relate it to our Major League Baseball. So in, in baseball, what we have here is we have the Major Leagues, then we have AAA, AA, single A. Here's the difference. The Triple A, double A. Batteries you're talking about now, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the so the, the major league teams all own these what what we call minor league teams. So you know, one major league team will own three of one team in triple A, one team in double A. They're basically their feeder leagues, their developmental leagues yeah. is what they are. But without being considered a developmental league, the championship, league one, league two. Is that something that could potentially – you don't get rid yeah, of the promotion no, uh, relegation uh, system, but what you do is the, 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 some of the big clubs, you know, go and they, they buy a team that is in the championship or, or help them out, create a partnership with that club. So 
not only mm. financially, but if you're going to loan a player, you go to a club in, in the championship and say, okay, look, we're going to put this player on loan. We're going to send him down to you. And, and I, this, I, I, I mooted that this 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 idea. I, I think it's, I think it'd be a great idea. However, it can't mm. work because what happens if that team then goes through the promotions and actually gets right. to the Premier and League? That's, and that's where you get the, the conflict, conflict of interest. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I genuinely thought that was a, was a good idea for a lot of while myself. Maybe a non-league club, though, a local non-league club. For example, Arsenal could maybe have something. I know they've got a little bit going on with Boreham Wood already, haven't they, where the, the yeah. ladies team played here. I don't know whether it could be maybe a, a non-league team that they could maybe adopt, if you like, and yeah. and, and help financially. The, you know, I don't know whether that might be a, an idea. the same thing, I, though, because that, that would mean that, that that club could never do the same, you know, go through the leagues. It's highly unlikely, I know. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. it does. It can yeah. happen. You know, it can potentially. I mean, look at Salford City. I know it's a different... Their own body uh, class of 1992, but they that could happen to them, couldn't it? You know, and that, that, yeah, yeah. they're already Andrew, they're already talking about that as a potential issue. But Andrew, if you're saying that a team might come through, so we shouldn't do it, there might be one club in 30 years that comes through. But having that, system, uh, absolutely. But, no, I totally agree. But I I I, yeah, I, I think point. that the FA would say it can't happen because that would you know it's a, it could potentially happen. You know what the FA are like. But I, I yeah. think it's a good. I think yeah. it's a good idea because uh, yeah. you know you, you instead of loaning your players like you said abroad t- tenor or whatever you know you could loan you put them all through that club you know and get them their development yeah. playing a genuine football in the league week in week out you know and it's, it's, and the other thing with that too is then what you do is you create a partnership with with that with that other club but you're you're also looking for I would I would think that when you're going to put a player out on loan you want him to play in a club that plays a similar style to what you're playing. You want that player to get, you want him to get playing experience, but you want him to get playing experience doing a job that you're going to ask him to do when you, when you put him in your starting 11, if, if mm. that makes, you know, if that makes mm. sense. So you don't want to, you know, like if, if you have an attacking midfielder and you send him out on loan, you certainly don't want him playing out on the left wing just to get, just for the sake of getting experience. So I want him playing in an attacking midfield role because that's what I'm going to bring him back. to. That's the role that I envision him in here. You know, See, the, so I, think, the, the, I think one thing we've got to take into account, and I do. I, this is a fascinating subject. I think we can talk about this more maybe in the next show. We could um, do this, yeah. But the, the, the yeah, because we're going to have to start wrapping up soon. But um, problem is that you've got to remember that most of these clubs as well, they've also got a hundred years worth of history, and yeah. the the fact that they've all got fans. You know, they've all got a group of hardcore. Very committed fans, the same as we are to Arsenal, and they, you know they're going to lose that club as their identity. You know, it's not going to be that same club anymore. Sure. If I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the in the role of one of the you know the fans of those clubs, but I think it, I think it's definitely warrants you know a lot more you know chat because I think it's a good idea. And apparently, James Johnson, again, thanks for the comment. Says we give Boreham Wood 1.1 million a season for the use of Meadow Park for the ladies and the youth teams, and that money is a massive boost for them. Yeah, yeah. I knew we had an agreement with him. I wasn't sure of the, of the actual sums involved. We've, but, we've I mean, committed to it for money, 10 yeah. years. 10 yeah. seasons we've committed to it as well. And that's that's fantastic it's, for Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, you know, I love hearing things that, you know, that's great. Uh, I'm sure there's ways around it. I'm sure that without actually taking over the clubs and all that, we can, you know, just it's almost like a sponsorship type thing, just to, you know, to help them out. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. 
more of the big clubs should do that, shouldn't they, to, to the smaller yeah. clubs yeah. in their area? Even it's great you... that we're doing it, actually. That's, that's, I didn't realise it was that much money. I knew the ladies played there, and I knew that there was some financial incentive for the club for that. But, I mean, that's that's great, isn't it? 1.1 million for a club of Boreham Woodsides. That's a massive it's, amount of money for them. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah, that's it really is. Yeah, it's huge. And it, yeah. Um, yeah, good point as well. It, it, James again said it took us forever to get Joel Campbell a, a work permit as well. I mean, yeah, he had to go yeah, to like Joel two Campbell, or three yeah. different clubs, didn't he? Two or three different loans. Edu, and... though, didn't Edu as well, when we got him, do you remember? We couldn't play him straight away, could we? Edu, we signed him for a year and then well, we didn't he, get he a work permit. Well. Fake, he had a fake passport. That's the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we, which is the same same thing that Ronaldinho actually got put in prison for. I don't know why Edu got away with that. It's a bit strange. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not complaining or anything. Yeah, but, no, no. <laughs> um, He's got a good lawyer. That's what it is. He's got a good lawyer. And we're talking about um, the players. Just a couple. another comment was from Carol saying, I think it was Carol. I'm trying to find it. I do apologise if, if it wasn't you, Carol, it was someone else. But it mentioned about, you know, the, the Scottish League and that and finding talent there. And I mentioned Kieran Tierney. Um, but Arteta himself obviously came from Barcelona to Rangers um, yeah. before he went to uh, uh, Everton, Everton, which is another, yeah. another good point as well. Um, yeah. I think yeah. we'll uh, just about wrap that up there then. And I think that was a really nice, good shot. I mean, you really enjoyed that. And yeah. One, one more, the, one more point on the yeah. on the lower league teams, if I may, real quick, and it just and I'm just talking here, but something that I would absolutely love to do, and, and I'm I'm hoping actually, as long as everything opens up by Christmas time, I actually want to come over and spend about two and a half weeks over there at Christmas, at New Year's. I'm always here before, I'm always there before Christmas. I actually mm. want to come over for the festive fixtures. But one That'd thing I would love to do is just go to the lower league grounds. This. I, I grew up in I grew up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, so I am desperate to go right, come up. And, to, come and stay with me for a few days. I'll take you to my local uh, non-league team. It's, it's great. It's a brilliant I, time. I would love, welcome. I just uh, I love it. I just have a different match to go to, or, or every other night, yeah. just have a different match to go to, and I, I would absolutely love that. Just love just, it. Just hang on for uh, just some com- confirmation that we're actually going to be allowed back in stands before then, before you book any tickets. Well, that's, uh, well yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I was at, I've already, well, I've already, at the airfare, quite frankly, is already booked because I was supposed to be there in April when we played. Oh, yeah, during, right, I remember. When the, when the uh, you know, before we had to change everything around, I was supposed to go to the Leicester match at home and I had it in for Brighton away. Um, but obviously, you know, the virus had other, had other plans. So I have the airfare credit. Um, I will have to find a place to stay, which will. Do be you own a coat? Do you own a coat? Do I own a coat? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring two. <laughs> that no, no, you got you guys aren't cold in the winter. Nah, really? no, no, not 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 compared to what I get here. I mean, I it's actually been pretty mild the winters the past few years where I am. But I in February of 2010 we got about three feet of snow, so oh. we at one time at one time. In, wow. in in one night, um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I I can I can tolerate your guys' cold. That's fine. We get just, we get about three, three millimeters, three yeah. millimeters of snow, and our whole country grinds to a halt. Yeah. Seriously, That's three millimeters yeah. over the whole of the winter put together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, lived in, I, I lived in Denver, Colorado for three years, and I mean the snow out there—you can't imagine. I mean it. In the I mean it's in, in the mountains. It, I mean you could go up into a mountain in the middle of July, and there's snow on the ground. It's just, I mean, because of the elevation and everything. But, yes, mm. no, I, I don't like the cold rain. That's the part of your guys' country that I can't stand. 
I know exactly. Oh, it's horrible. horrible. When it oh. comes in horizontally, anyway, it's fascinating yeah. as winter chat is. You know, I think yeah, better, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the seasonal the seasonal yeah. fluctuations are fascinating. But um, right. about Liverpool are beating Chelsea three 0 at half time. I've just seen. Um, well, you see that we got a good chance, haven't we? Yeah, that's well. going to knock their confidence, isn't it? See, no, beating Liverpool is not for everyone. Down. They've had a come down after the semi-final as well, haven't they, then, Chelsea? I don't know if they've rested some players. I'm assuming they probably would have done. Yeah. Just goes to show how hard it is to win a big game like that and then perform straight away in the league the next game. It's difficult, isn't it? You know, yeah. we, we had the trouble last night. Chelsea are obviously struggling. Um, but then Liverpool would have wanted to go out tonight on a, on a high. It's 3-1, actually. Um, ah. But they'd have wanted to go out on a high because of getting the trophy at the end, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, James Johnson yeah. said his dad is a member at Dagenham and Redbridge and they are in negotiations oh. with West Ham to do the same as, as what we're doing with Boreham Wood, but they're offering to pay less than Arsenal, what they would do and cheap. I've heard Dagenham are going to take over West Ham. All right. Yeah, they're going to take over West Ham. <laughs> In fact, I used to I used to play at Dagenham and Redbridge because uh, I used to play for Beckenham Town when I was young, younger, when I was actually quite fit. And um, yeah, I played a few away games at Dagenham and Redbridge. Lovely old ground. It's just great. You know, it's such a good atmosphere. I loved it. Uh, I think he's uh, invited you to go to Dagenham and Redbridge as well, uh, Tanner, when you, if you come over. So, um, Would love it. Would absolutely love it. You'll get you fed and watered as well, blimey, Jesus! Can I can I get can I get in on that as well, James? <laughs> right. Well, thank you ever so much. Thanks to every everyone in the chat. There's too many to mention. It's been fantastic. So many good comments, and you know, just Carol, James, Glenn, everyone. Uh, I ain't got time to go through them all. Just really appreciate every single one of you. Please give us a like before you go. Um, tell your friends about us. We want to get more people on the channel. Um, you know, it, it, I think we'll do some good stuff, don't we, guys? Do some good stuff. So we need to get yeah, some yeah, more brilliant. people watching. Um, what I was going to say, oh, yes. If you're listening to this on the audio as well, please give us a rating on there. It, it, that also helps us get found uh, by people. If you give us a, a five-star rating on there, uh, all appreciated. It all helps. Right. Thank you, Melvin. Thank you, Tanner. And thank you, Richard. And thank you, Lee, yeah, um, for coming on. Sorry? Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. I really hope to see you all again. Um, I will. I'm going to be doing a show on Monday, everyone, as well. Um, that'll be after the uh, Watford game, of course, and yeah. also uh, going to have a guy on who uh, can only do it on Monday as well. Really good guest. I've been wanting to get him on for ages. So if you're welcome to come on there as well and come and watch us. You saw you had your hand up there, Tanner. I oh uh, Monday uh, transfer window transfer window opens. Great. Well, we'll have all our business done by then, so that's great. So I'm sure. <laughs> free free signings yeah. coming in on on Monday morning. On Monday, yeah, let's go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, I just I'm so jealous about Chelsea doing that. I'm sorry, I'm going to go over it again, but I wish we could do that just once. Come on, just once. You know, I want to leave it to the last day every single bloody year. It's just a highly irritating. Sort sort it early and let's just move on. Exactly. That would be so nice. Yeah. That would, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. Thanks again, and I will see you all on the next show. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Have you liked it yet? No? Why not? What's going on? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Your grandparents right about now are thinking, uh, wrong ends. Absolute wrong ends. This is wrong, and you know it. Start liking, start subscribing, get on with it.
Thank you very much. Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, unbelievable. We didn't expect that. Awesome fingers, freedom on the army. Awesome.